This episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain name, website, or online store, make your next move with squarespace.com slash co-optional. Gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Independence Day podcast here on July Yay! the 4th, 2017. And there That's is a, cute a dog. dog. We have a Hello. dog. Hello. Oh, look at the bork bork. Hello. I'm yet because uh, I've turned into a dog. <laughs> look at the bork bork. Look at the bork bork. <laughs> the bork bork. Look at that sweet little bork bork. Uh, uh, like, bork, bork, bork. Immigration procedure in this country is a nightmare. They turn into a small dog. Yeah, I mean it's an easier way to, you know. I'm not going to get political. I am not. I'm not going to start this show <laughs> that way. It's no. It, it's, it's too it's, tempting. I'm no. so proud of you, TV. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you felt it start to crawl out of your throat, and then you were like, no, no. <laughs> We're no, two, we're two expats in America. How can this not get political? I, I'm sure we'll somehow not avoid it in any way. Considering what? <laughs> I'm married to one. That is true. Go. That you are. <laughs> Why isn't he on here? I'm involved. <laughs> it, it Should I trade with him? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh He's not as popular as you are. No, we, we need the ratings. God damn it. It's so rare I get a compliment. Popular what? with me? Yeah. I mean, you showed up to the show this time, which is excellent. Very happy about that. Me? Yes. <laughs> it's nice the, to be here. It's nice to feel loved. This, this boy? The this face of America, here. This sweet boy? As, as he likes to call himself. I'm actually kind of disappointed. That uh, I was ex I was expecting visual patriotic goofs, and what do I get? Nothing. Absolutely. I nothing. did this. Trust, trust me. I want you to know. I thought of it. I woke up today. Like, what do I have around here that <laughs> I can quite wear? The patriotic goof we were looking for. Yeah, I was looking. I was looking for a goof, and I don't have. I'm goofless. I have no patriotic goofs because you know what? You don't goof around with patriotism. God bless America. Hashtag MAGA. Well, fair enough. <laughs> there, there we go. A lady put um, three tiny American flags in my yard. Really? I should have brought three. those. Yes. Free flags. They were free. Free flags. Mm. Well, happy Independence from Britain Day. And I think we can all celebrate. Brexit happy happy Will Smith right. Saved Us Day. Yeah, yeah, that's what's in honor really of about. Will Smith. Uh, first off, it wasn't even Will Smith. It was uh, the guy who flew into the to the laser <laughs> who saved us. First off, Will Smith didn't do shit. Fair it enough. Was, uh, it was more Jeff Goldblum and more the and more it's the guy who flew the into the laser. It's always the victors who get to write history, isn't it? <laughs> Fucking yeah, Will Smith. Oh, Randy Quaid. 
Randy ah, Quaid. Randy ah. Quaid, thank you. It was Randy yeah, Quaid's I, sacrifice who, gave, who bought us the time bought so that Jeff Goldblum could upload the virus. But would, any of those very people, much. but would any of those people have done that without Bill Pullman's stirring speech? No, exactly. No, absolutely not. Every, how this dare was you give Will Smith all the credit? This is an how ensemble. You? You're right. How, I'm sorry. Will Smith did the least of any of those people. If anything, he was the most charming, true. But that doesn't mean that he did the most work. He just flew. He He's like the else... Steve Jobs of Independence Day. Doesn't Indeed. it matter that the world was saved? Do we have to pick apart who did what? It's going to be the Treaty of Versailles all over again. We have to. We, we just got to <laughs> criticize it. Uh, he wasn't even in the second movie because, like, I survived the alien vi uh, invasion, then tragically died in a test pilot accident. Only tragically, to be, de tragically demanded more money. Indeed. Only to be remembered by a badly photoshopped portrait hanging on the wall in the background of a scene. Yes. Like, well, I, great, great job. Can I just say, having seen that movie, the second one, I'm so mm. disappointed a second one was made. <laughs> I was like, none of this is worth our time. I did what not watch it. I, I it did. Is. I, look, Independence <clears throat> Day holds a special uh, place in my heart because the first movie was the first movie I ever went to see at the cinema. Like, I didn't go to the cinema. I hadn't been to the cinema at any point until I think I was 11 or 12. And that was wow. the first movie we went to see. Hmm. That I, think was, mine, I think mine was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, that's a good mm. one. That was uh, Independence Day was the first midnight screening I saw, but we didn't see that midnight. We saw it for some reason. Our theater were geniuses and they scheduled the movie so that on July 4th, it hit July 4th in real life. It was the best. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh man, when you're a kid, you're like, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to the in movies in ever. <laughs> also, Boy. also, I remember, I'll never forget this. I remember the Super Bowl that that before this movie came out, where they showed an ad, and the ad was literally just the White House exploding. And I was like, mm. what the hell? And I had to go see the movie. I was in. I was in. That scene still looks great. That scene yeah. actually holds up. I want to know where they got ID4 from for the yeah. acronym. I mean, it was, it's Independence Day 4th of July, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, 4th of July. But when has any title ever done that? Yeah, I don't know. I really, because I, I was confused when it first came out there as well. I'm like, oh, it's Independence Day 4th. Yeah, but why, why though? Why, why don't I just call it Independence Day, which is the title of the movie? Why not mm. adver why advertise yeah. it as this? Why do we have to add another syllable for the shortened name? Yeah. What's wrong with I ID or I-Day? Yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really know, honestly. I don't know why they marketed it that way. It I would love weird. to have been. You know that was there was a meeting that was held about that. Like, well, we can't call it ID because that sounds like identification. So, like, what do we do? We can't call it ID. What the hell's I? No, no, no. We need a four because July fourth. Well, we call it ID July four. No, no, no. July's. You know there was a meeting and you know there was a bunch of guys and they got together and that's the best they could come up with. Yeah. It's like I how mean, everyone says www, even though World Wide Web is a lot quicker to say. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, and and less awkward. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, it's have a you guys uh, seen the pool floaty that looks like a giant maxi pad? <laughs> what? That's yet another. That's yet another situation where all all I could think, all I could think when I saw the picture of it was, man. Was there no ladies in there? Like, who? When they looked I mean, at a picture of this, they were like, "This there is were it." None. Yeah, <laughs> we all know it. there You've were none it. in that room. Yeah. Like you, you just didn't. didn't yeah, you notice. don't trust me, but I'm gonna find a picture of this shit. I, I, I have seen the picture of it. I did. It, it was like I. Yes, that that's actually quite silly. Why would you do a thing like that? Looks exactly like a maxi pad. There you go, chat. Right, down, Pepper. Down. Thank God. Down. Anyways.
we, we went from yeah. blowing up the White House to a giant maxi pad, which somehow <laughs> feels kind of appropriate. But mm-hmm. never mind. You know, I, I'm going to go to bat for Independence Day 2 because it, oh, wasn't, God. Okay. it was not as bad as people claim. Like, because the first one was terrible. The second one was also terrible yeah. in the same way that the first one was terrible. Yeah, the bubonic plague wasn't as bad as the Spanish flu. No, it was not. I think it was. It was it historically or I not? Mean, if I had to choose which one to spend my <clears throat> free time doing, I would. I would rather not have either the bubonic plague or Spanish flu. But that's just me. Fair enough. Is is this the right time to bring up that you are a self-confessed lover of any movie, regardless of how bad they are? <laughs> yeah. Except I've discovered that that does not appear to still be true. Uh, so a couple of days Your ago... Your palate is changing. <laughs> well, maybe or maybe not. So we decided, hey, Rift Tracks is awesome. Mm. So let's... We're going to watch a movie with Rift Tracks. So we're looking through and Jay's like, let's watch Jurassic Park again. We haven't seen that in ages. The original. Because uh, it was one of the top rated Rift Tracks. And it had uh, Weird Al Yankovic were, was the, the guest riffer. Great. So I'm like, this, mm. how can this possibly suck? After watching that movie, which is considered a classic, it's terrible. Jurassic and Park? Yes, it's awful. It's, the original Jurassic Park? Yes, it actually what? sucks. I've watched that recently, and I still love that movie. I it, it, I don't anymore. What? I do not, as it turns out. I'll go does as far C- as to say Does the CG not age well? It's not just that. It's how completely nonsensical everything that is ever done in that show is and also how bad most of the dialogue is that's i well even the pirates of the caribbean line uh which one was that that's where Jeff, um i think it was richard Attenborough's character said uh, on the first day of disneyland nothing worked and ah. jeff goblin says yes but when pirates of the caribbean broke down the pirates didn't try to eat the tourists that's a good one also note there is a reused line in that in Independence Day, tying it back together. Jeff Goldblum reuses "Must go faster, must go faster." Yes, I remember that. Indeed. I mean, naturally. Was well, he trying to make that his own? I'll be back. <clears throat> I, I, I'm going to assume so. J- Jeff Goldblum is the only good bit of that movie. What do you mean? It's a Unix system. I know. This. <laughs> she Every- knows it. I mean, it doesn't even hold together. And then Lex flies through it. It doesn't even hold together in the corny way that Hackers does. Wait, you don't... Oh, my God. And Sam Neill is in that movie? How can you not love Sam Neill in every movie? Sam Neill came back for number three. And then he understands and falls in love with the kids. He, he, he doesn't want to raise kids, but then he hangs out with the kids and he falls in love with the kids. And I can't oh, come on. Because they're both incredibly annoying and stupid. What? She knows She knows the Unix system. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. There is Which, a tra- what do you mean? <laughs> there is a tyrann. We can clearly see a Tyrannosaurus Rex standing above our Jeep. My plan is to get the brightest flashlight possible and shine it at the Tyrannosaurus Rex and wave it around like an idiot. Tyrannosaurus Wex. The Tyrannosaurus Wex. I'm hunting a Tyrannosaurus Wex. Well, they made they made that joke. I'm I'm very very quiet. I'm hunting Waptors. Like, I will give them credit for one thing. It is maybe the only movie I've seen where somebody uses the stock on a Spas Twelve shotgun. That is true. Really? Yep. Uh, there mo- most of the time, if there's a great Xbox Ahoy mo- uh, video about the Spas Twelve. There was a period in the 90s where everybody was using it was like, this looks cool and awesome. So every Hollywood movie is using it. And nobody's mm. using the fold-down stock. They're just sort of leaving it up. The, the hunter guy, the smart 
hunter guy, the park ranger in Jurassic Park, uses the fucking Muldoon. stock. Indeed. He uses the stock. That's the best and only good part of that movie. Jurassic Park is about, actually look, a better movie. Not only are you wrong about Jurassic Park being bad, but also <laughs> the book is way better. Uh, and yes. spoilers for the book. Yeah. In the book, Muldoon lives. Jeff Goldblum dies. No! Which totally is, the true. The book is garbage. Right. Burn and the book. So, and so then... Much better. Look, I, so then I, I ain't get a dog in the film fight, but the book's garbage. No, all right. I'll find what? the book now. Michael what? The shit get out of here. Get out of here. Book's did, you read great. The did you read The Lost World? Where he oh, well, that's trash. Jeff, where he brought back Jeff Goldblum's yes. character. Yes, oh, no, no. It? Look, Jurassic no, Park, phenomenal. Die. Lost World, trash. Because he has bad, to bring back bad. Jeff Goldblum because he was so successful in the movie. It makes no sense. Look, look. Every, look. every Michael Crichton book has the one scene, has the one scene where one character says to another character, uh, I haven't heard of current science fiction concept we're using. Could you perhaps explain that? Then the other character how, goes, how I'm dare you? Asked, and pulls how dare you? Shut down and then goes on about it for like six pages with diagrams. Next thing you know, you're going to say Dan Brown's awful. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> those oh, yeah. are those are writing legends, sir. I'll have oh. you know. Legends. For every modern day Any of the Jurassic Park plot to work. Every character in it has to be phenomenally stupid. This is what Ebert and that is a problem. An idiot plot. Yes, and it, it's one of the movies that is just so incredibly obvious and in your face about that. It's like every single thing you are doing is a logical, stupid, and the worst thing you could do in this situation. Well, in fairness, just there has to it. be some adversity. There wouldn't be a drama if people didn't do stupid things now and then. Which That's is fair. fair, but when I mean, they do so it all the if time... If I was being chased by dinosaurs, I'd do some really stupid shit. Imagine the Friday the 13th is... movie where every single, you know, highly sexed co-ed does the right thing in every situation. True. Yeah, well. but then who's going to go check on the basement, please? It'd be like there playing could around be of... people down there. By the like end of it, I was rooting the for the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex because I and hated everybody on screen. he wins in the end. Screen. That's the whole point of the movie. He comes yeah. and saves them, just like at the end of, of uh, Jurassic World, <laughs> that was the T-Rex and the whoa, Raptor. What? That was Not the stupidest thing in the world. That. Come on. You haven't seen it yet? Yes, I've seen it. Don't sp I'm saying don't spoil it for the I'm not going to spoil anything not, except it, the friendship between year. a raptor and a T-Rex is uh, what yeah. binds that movie together. Uh, and they have a they have a fucking conversation, TV. A raptor and a T-Rex have a conversation. It's like, it was rawr, this rawr, 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 and the T-Rex is like, rawr, and he's like, I love you, friend. They subtitle it. Internet, subtitle that shit. Still, Find still the clip, relationship subtitle any it. relationship of any of the characters in the original Jurassic Park. Uh, uh, Oh, speaking of movies that are absolutely great and we I all agree. my opinion. My um, went to see Baby Driver. Baby Driver is a fantastic movie. good things about that. That it's movie. New, uh, Edgar Wright film, isn't it? Yeah, I honestly didn't have uh, super high hopes for it and I don't know why. And then I went to see it and it's fantastic. That's because the trailer for that movie is a garbage trailer. It's not a good trailer, yeah. No. It doesn't um, make it look like it's a movie you want to see, but everyone's like, this movie's great. Yeah. It's um really, really awesome use of music. Like the sound design in that movie is fantastic, which you would expect from Edgar, right? Yeah. But like really, really good. Cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, that's on the list of things that I want to see. It's acclaimed as hell. I still haven't uh, come go around seeing the the new uh, movie on Netflix whose name I can't pronounce by the South Korean director with the giant pig hippo thing. 
What? Augsha or something like that? Uh, I, I don't know, know what I'm, that is. You, how do you know? Uh, all right. Uh, how do Look, you every time it? I log into Netflix, it's like, have you watched Glow yet? You, one, you should. Have you, have you watched it? You I watched should. three episodes of it. And it's great. So good. <laughs> glow. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think they pronounce it uh, Oksha or Oksha. Uh, and there's some giant hip, uh, sort of hippo pig thing in it. Well, I'm on board. Yes. Oh, my if God. The, if the mainstream movie is just going to remake films from the 90s and make superhero films, then fine. Let's watch a giant pig film in Korea. Yo, yeah. if you... Speaking of movies and video games, uh-huh. if oh, yeah, you this a video uh, game podcast at some point, I mean, yeah, it yeah, was it, at one point, yes. We're the working video our way games, there. Video games got bad, so we stopped bothering with them. If you have uh, access to any sort of HBO uh, on-demand service, they on there now have the Slenderman documentary about those two girls who stabbed their friends out in the woods. Holy shit, is it crazy? Like I mean, yes. You, 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 you with that really, it's, it's not about like Slenderman, like explaining what's they do. They have to do that, but that's like not the point. The point of the thing is that these two girls bought into the mythos of an entirely fake, made-up thing because I won't even just like go watch it, and by the time you're done, you'll be like, "What the fuck?" It's I wonder, crazy. I wonder if this case of just ironically buying into the mythos, and then it sort of gradually turning around to not ironically. Like, like when they when they interview you, them, yeah. when they pull them into the into the, the police interrogation, they interview them. Like the things they say, the things they say in interrogation are just like, God damn! The internet affects little kids. Yes, crazy. Like they believe yeah. everything they read, and it's nuts. You're just like, I can't believe this happened. Like it is too much. You you have to watch it. It's mm. great. It's mind blowing. You, you I mean you just need to look at VidCon this year as to what the internet does to you know preteen and like tween people it's like these you've turned these people into rabid cultists who you are exploiting for money and manipulating emotionally yeah. uh, you are awful like it, it, vidcon is a temple to the malignancy of the worst parts of fandom honestly the thing that i took away from vidcon news this year was we have a lot of people who desperately want to be famous to the point of just being absolute fuck lords, like well, the yeah. worst well, people. That, well, that's always been the case. There was a TV but show like, in the UK called The Word, where they had a segment ah, yeah. called um, I'll Do Anything to Appear on Television. Yeah, I remember that. And there was. But like, sorry. Well, I just wanted to give an example of they had this lady come on who said to the camera, I'm desperate to appear on television. And then she inserted her fingers into between the belly rolls of an enormously fat man and jiggled them about and then pulled them back out. And then they were all damp with something or other and then put them in her mouth. And did that so, again, really, really languorously. Like, like go, going back to VidCon really quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, going to say, Do- Dodger does have a point to make on this one. Yeah, go all, for it. All I was going to say is that we've, we've, we've now had enough time with people who are like i'm famous on instagram i'm famous on youtube i'm famous on twitch that we now have a next generation of people who really want that yes who like want to be that to the point that even with just a little bit of it they'll start acting kind of crazy right and it's it's really bizarre seeing the way that people behave at so, VidCon being like, I'm a big fucking deal, okay? And you're all garbage. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, if, if, are- you, 
I, I know like everyone of course already knows the example of that one guy on the video that got yeah. caught and he's like, I'm important. You're ugly. And I'm rich, like that kid. Right? right. Don't just go watch that two minute video. Go find the eight minute video and go see the shocking parts of it, which are not that guy. That guy's a spoiled ass. The rest of it though, if you watch the other eight minutes is hundreds, if not a thousand kids all with their phones out, all trying to film the exact same incident. And then when this kid starts doing things, they start filming him too. And then doing their own reaction videos to it all on the spot during this eight minutes. Then after it settles down, it's kids running around to go see what footage every other kid got to see who has the best footage. Like it is bonkers. And I, it's disgusting. It's super disgusting to watch. Oh, it's terrible. It's that's where we're at. Yeah. It comes down to the fact that the people that are acting this way are acting this way because those that they idolize and those that are in positions of power over them and in positions of responsibility are not being at all responsible with it. Like it's, it is constantly well, some of happening. Them are. I, I, you yeah, know, there's, sure. there's always some content creators who are fantastic and yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying every content stuff. creator that goes to VidCon is an awful person. That's completely not the case. Yeah, because those aren't the people who are we're pretty much about. only famous for being an Instagram person. Well, even even if they're even if they're famous for like making something really cool, mm. the way that they interact with their fan base, right? TB is what you're saying. Like, yeah, it, it's it's extremely important if you have any sort of fan base of any kind to realize the power that you have, and that puts you in a position of responsibility. And you might say, "Oh, well, I didn't want this." Uh, tough shit. Like, if you don't want it, stop making things on the internet that you know actually is driving this fandom treat your fans with a degree of frankly i mean in my case a degree of fear i am scared <laughs> every day i am scared of the potential influence that i could have over mm -hmm. a vulnerable individual in my fan base like and because i've seen what happens when people do that and unfortunately there are far too many creators who don't care about that and see that vulnerability as an opportunity to profit or to basically build this incredibly unhealthy cult of personality. Well, we also have to look at the, the truth that the vast majority of internet celebrities are not only young, but this is like their first job, really. Yeah. And mm, so they yeah. don't have any of those skills of acknowledging what's right or what's wrong. They still have a lot of growing up to do in life in general. Like yeah. it's, it's a weird place. It's a bunch of young. I know Justin Bieber's kind of grown up now, but fast, like rewind a little bit to when he was insane person. That's yeah. what all these kids are. And there's just a lot of them. A lot of young yeah. Biebers who think they're hot shit. And you know, it's like true. the guy in the video is like, I have 27,000 followers. I'm important. You're ugly. Like, that's just a person who is full of himself because he doesn't know any better. Like when he, you get, he's yeah, young when and you get, stupid. It's when you get too much money too fast. Yeah. It's the old um, mm -hmm. child actor grown up situation again. Yeah. But skipping the part where they're actually in something good. I just, I just wonder if, if people acting this way is going to be the major thing that makes the platform sort of implode. It already is. Um, I mean, yeah. the, the shit that, um, happened at VidCon with the guy who hid a bunch of money, basically caused a stampede, was eventually yeah. tackled by security, basically put a bunch of kids in danger of pulling the next fucking Hillsborough disaster, all <laughs> to make his stupid-ass fucking video. Like, that is a person 
who is putting people's lives at risk for fucking money. Yeah. Like, and he is by far not the only person who pulls this irresponsible shit. Like, a, a week never seems to go by without hearing about some YouTuber or streamer who's done some awful fucking thing and somehow gotten away with it. And, of course, advertisers saying, hey, we actually don't want to advertise on that shit now. And if you think that's not going to happen to Twitch, you are delusional. Like the Especially it, with IRL. I, 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 yeah. I yeah, think but, IRL, as much as I love that IRL exists so that I can actually use a category that makes sense. <laughs> um, I think that IRL is going to be the thing that like tips it to a really weird place. Yeah, there's already so some IRL streamers any, that anything they want banned uh, and basically are now streaming on YouTube because uh, for some reason with streams, YouTube doesn't seem to give a shit, although they're very worried about VODs, uh, which is sort of the opposite way to the way that Twitch approaches it. And yeah, because they did criminal awful shit they went and harassed people with you know camera rigs and shit and did it solely to drive donations from their stupid fans and that is terrible <laughs> like that's it's indefensible frankly yeah. and yeah, uh, there's, there's a bunch of just irresponsible awful shit that happens on twitch as well and uh like i said Vid vidcon to me is like a temple to that and i'm hoping twitchcon doesn't become that uh, but if it keeps going the way that VidCon is, I'm sure it will. It's it's scary. It really is scary. There's it's cult like behavior by people who are exploiting vulnerable people. I think the media, broadly speaking, has to take some responsibility for that kind of thing. I mean, in in the broader yeah. sense, like giving the most attention to the most outrageous things. Yes, you've got something to talk about on your yeah. 24 hour news channel. Yeah, you, I, mean, I mean, might argue the current political that. situation is partly because of that, but let's not let's not turn too far into if that. You, if you like, this this is probably going to be a terrible thing to say, but if you step back from it. all of this and not look at it morally, it's actually fucking fascinating. <laughs> like the way yeah, that, yeah. like the the social structure of like decades. Yeah, like the way the way that YouTube has like trickled and like changed it's in it's interesting it's fascinating Social i'm not a bad person i swear but it's like it is it's like fascinating to be like whoa there are a bunch of people getting corrupted by this weird thing like nobody would have seen that coming it's interesting that's all yeah <laughs> yeah i'm totally mildly terrifying i recommend mm. go and watch everything that bo burnham has done especially when he talks about fandom and parasocial relationships uh, Dude, Bo Burnham stuff is so on point always yes. and yes. depressing. It's like you yes. laugh and then you're really sad. <laughs> like, oh God, yeah, this is actually true. Well, now that we're very sad, should we talk about video games? Oh yeah, no. we could do that. We could do that. Yahtzee's been here for thirty minutes and wondering why, and I don't blame him. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, incidentally. Pleasure to have you back. Uh, now, yeah. I'll be back. in the United States on a permanent basis. Oh yes, let's get it. Escape to the colonies, as it were. Assuming the crack lamp down on migrants doesn't extend to white people. Which, as far as we are currently aware, it does not. O only I feel like you'll be okay. Only female Afghan robotics teams. Yeah. Only that. Mm. Everybody else now. is good. I've got to stop now. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about what we've been playing this week. Who wants to toss a game in the ring? <clears throat> I can talk um, about the uh, the Darkest Dungeon Crimson, the Court, Crimson stuff. Court DLC. Yeah, by all means. Dude, I am so into it. Yeah. People people keep asking if 
if they've never played the game before, if they should start playing with the DLC active, and I don't think that they should. Why is that? Um, it's a DLC that absolutely incorporates itself into the whole game. And it does things that the Darkest Dungeon does, where like when you go into the Darkest Dungeon, you you can't see the map, right? Like yeah. you can't you can't see all of the different places that you that you can go. You have no idea if there's going to be a boss in there sometimes with the courtyard. So um, it it really is a DLC that that adds a level of difficulty. Yeah. Um, there's a, a, well, permanent. There's like a permanent aspect that can get attached to your characters. Um, and mm. the the monsters, the new monsters that exist in the courtyard can infiltrate all of the other areas oh um, they can actually get into the other dungeons and pop up yeah so the <clears throat> the whole like idea of the courtyard is that it has blood suckers right yes. um and you might immediately think like oh it's a vampire dlc but for the most part they're all um weird like human insectoid things yeah yeah nasty um, designs like ugh. i mean some of the stuff in darkest dungeon looks pretty disgusting in and of itself i think they've really outdone it this time yeah so um what happens is like you can go into the courtyard and you'll realize immediately like oh shit this is this is like the darkest dungeon you don't know where you have to go you don't know what you're looking for necessarily um your characters can get afflicted with what is called the crimson curse and the crimson curse will show up under diseases but there's no way for you to cure that disease that is immediately apparent um it's base the crimson curse is essentially vampirism yeah so if somebody is affected by the crimson curse they're going to hit a point where they crave blood and they need it and you'll notice that as you're uh, doing all of the different um, dungeons and excavations and whatever, you will bring blood back with you. So then the people who are afflicted will have blood to drink. Um, but because you don't immediately know how to get rid of it, people just continue to get afflicted, right? So it goes from, oh, I mean, I have 20 blood and only one person with the curse, I'm good. It becomes all 20 of my people have the curse and I only have this much blood. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? Um, so it, it adds like, it adds a layer of difficulty for sure. And I think that if you haven't played the game before, they make it really easy. When you create a game, there's like a little yellow button that's next to, if you have the DLC active, there, there's a little yellow button and you can click that and you can activate three different things. Um, the flagellant, which is the new class. Um, Not the, the flagellant, by the way. Not we the flatulent, the flatulent. The farts. Blights the yeah. gas. He yeah, he blights people. Indeed. Um, and then the districts, which is like a new, like new extra buildings. Kind of mega have. buildings, yeah. And then the actual like Crimson Court DLC. So if you wanted to, you could play it with like just the flagellant activated, but you can deactivate all of that stuff until you really understand how to play the game which I think most people agree it takes a while to really understand how to play the game well. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so I would say the DLC is fantastic. If you already love the game, like absolutely play the DLC. It's so good. But if you've never played the game before, I think you'll feel a little bit overwhelmed. There will be like too much to juggle, you know? Well, here's a question. I played the original Darkest Dungeon a bit back in the day, but it didn't quite grab me. Do you uh -huh. think the DLC would make it 
fully grabbable now. What, what didn't can, grab you about it? Yeah, what was the what didn't you like? Um, uh, it's been a while now. I guess I wasn't really that into the turn-based combat approach. Yeah, I don't think that this really fixes that. Uh, I I oh, think well. like the enjoyment of Darkest Dungeons almost pretty much reliant on that basic core combat loop being satisfying for you. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, what what got me about it, which they then fixed with the Radiant mode difficulty, which they put in later for free, was this is dragging on too long. This is a slog. Uh, so they try to keep the difficulty pretty much about the same and reduce the slog, which the ra I radiant mode is radiant my favorite thing that they've done recently. Yeah, um, you get more gold and rewards just overall, um, which allows you to upgrade things and give people like better weapons and things faster. Um, you're able to take higher level dudes into beginner dungeons, so you don't hit this point where it's like, well, fuck. You know, I I need to level up these other smaller dudes, but nobody else will go with them. You yeah, know, like, like it, it allows broke, you to. But I need to do a money run, but I don't have people to do the run, etc., etc. Yeah. Fuck's sake! You know, a lot of like retreading your steps if you end up losing people and all mm -hmm. that kind of thing. They did reduce that, but I I don't think it's possible to enjoy Darkest Dungeon if you don't find the that turn-based combat to be compelling in some way. Yeah. Well, I've enjoyed turn-based combat in the past. Very fond of the Paper Mario games, at least the first three. It's just... Did you did you feel like it wasn't fair? No, it's not that. I guess, I guess I needed more of a story. I guess okay. that's much more of the focus on the, um, you know, the exploring the random dungeons and. Yep, building, building I'm with you on that. the The stress of getting your ass kicked would have been balanced if it had like a really cool story. I would have put up with the constant death mm. more if I was like, "There's a payoff to this, and not I just victory." Like, there's, well, you sort of taking a balance when you're now. talking about sort of the random proc gen game and a story. It's hard to bring the two together. Like, like TB's right. There, there's a story, but like, I wish there was more. Is what I'm saying. Right. I just wish it was more story driven than just like I... creepiness and haunted house. I think it's cool. Like every time, every time you fight a boss, you get a little bit of lore about how fucked up your ancestor was. Like this ancestor that Wayne June, sweet sweet Wayne June. Sorry, you're our fucked up ancestor. He like you know writes you a letter, basically being like, you need to come back and fix all of this shit that I did. And with every boss, you find out more lore about like who who these people are and like how yeah. all of this happened and i i think i thought that that was cool but i i also really really enjoy the aspect of the game that is you know like um the turn-based like managing stress managing yeah. um you know the best way to fight specific enemies and all that like learning that and getting better at that is really satisfying for me yeah, that, and that's that's sort of um, how I treat XCOM as well. And I think in that respect, the the fighting and the constant risk of perma death and losing a character uh, creates what I like to call war stories. And yes. you end up having this really cool story at the end of a session of people who you've probably named like after your friends or subscribers or whatever and the crazy shit that they pulled off it's like there was a desperate situation but this guy just pulled off a 10 percent incredibly lucky shot crit headshot this guy saved everybody at all or it going horribly wrong which it more often than not yeah. does 
Uh, that, I think it's very, that's... very important that they give all the soldiers individual names and looks for that as well. Mm, yeah, they, you know, I love gain, They start to gain reputations. You start getting attached to them more yeah. than you would a lot of uh, like pre-written characters in a lot of story-based games. That's something that's the upcoming XCOM 2 expansion. They've put basically friendships in the game where the, oh, cool. the characters will start yeah, to build a bond kind of like fire emblem if so, like they've gone out on multiple missions together yeah, yeah they'll be interesting a, yeah i was which thinking I think jagged great, alliance yeah. when you said that yeah that too oh fuck i'd love a good new jagged alliance game several companies who were not the original dev said hey we're gonna do a jagged alliance like this is terrible this is just <laughs> please stop just make a good one is it that hard apparently it's that hard yeah, you are right. Uh, and I think Dice Dungeon's got that. Uh, I, I would like to see more visual customization for the characters. I know you can download a lot of mods to do that. Uh, but yeah. You can. It, they're, it sounds, they're all just sounds, like color swaps mostly, but yeah. yeah. It sounds superficial, but it really is important for getting an attachment to characters that yes. you can choose their appearance and things. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And um, that's kind of what, what I love about video games. Like a, a predefined story that someone else wrote is not as interesting to me as a story that I wrote using the tools that you made for me. Mm. And Darkest Dungeon gives gives me enough of that to compel me to keep playing. And the RNG and the bad things happening to you, to me, is enjoyable rather than being annoying. Whereas do, for a lot of people, it is annoying. It's like, oh, this is RNG bullshit. I do think the RNG is in your favor in that game if you play um, it properly yeah yeah i, th I think a lot that of people are not doing that that's the thing is is there i watch people sometimes who will complain a lot about it and i think that um once you realize like oh if i choose an ability and i hover over a monster i can see the percentage to hit i can see the percentage to crit i can see like you know, if you if you start to take in all of that information and realize that your ac accuracy on a character really does affect stuff, that like certain abilities um, will hit better depending on like which row you're highlighting, like that sort of stuff, and and getting rid of learning more about the enemies too, learning more about the monsters and knowing which ones you need to take out like immediately in order to have a better chance, like things that could potentially mark you or stress you out. Um, I heard Learning. a story. Sorry, I heard a story that the XCOM developers have to slightly lie about the percentage chances of the things you can do in that game. Really? Because if they, if like you have like a genuine seventy-five percent chance to hit, like they found a lot of users complained that they they didn't actually have that chance that they kept failing. I mean, that, that, that's one in like four is, one in four is like quite high. It's that's a bias though. Like you, it's a mental bias. It was the same thing with XCOM, uh, where people ask, "Oh, are these percentages bullshit?" Because that was a ninety-five percent chance to hit, and I missed. Yeah, but it was also a five percent chance that you were going to miss. And yeah. your your brain remembers the misses more than it does every time that that did work properly. Uh, mm. That uh, there's a there was there's some interesting stuff about because you know, it's basically the gambler's fallacy in many ways. You're, you're seeing patterns where there are no patterns and things like that. As far as I'm aware, they don't bullshit the percentages in that game. I haven't heard of any, and I'm, I'm assuming people would have probably found that out by now if they did. But if I, if it's a one in four chance and I do it four times, then I, it ha I, one of those times it has to happen, right? That's how probability works, right? Like yeah. if it's a 25% chance that I'll do it, then it's for sure, right? Yeah. Well, I was, it was just a rumor. I wouldn't stake my reputation on it being true, but it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me either. It, it it is an interesting idea that some devs may manipulate perception of the player 
in order to generate a better experience for the player. There was a, mm. I think I read, uh, may have even actually been about Mario or some other very classic platformer. And the developer was talking about how they bullshitted the platform jumping hit detection to because if they actually made it work the way that it should, then people would complain that it didn't work properly because it didn't look or feel like what they imagined their jump was going to be. So they right. gave them a little bit of leeway. And in doing that, they made the player feedback a lot more satisfying. Yeah, I'm assuming that would be something like uh, when you're jumping off a ledge and you press jump a bit too late and you just run off. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, that they give you just a little bit of tolerance to that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And if you don't do that, then you actually end up with uh, people saying, well, this is a bad platform and this doesn't work the way it's supposed to because the brain doesn't, it, the brain sees what it wants to see more often than not, what, well, not I, what is actually happening. Well, I've had that Damn. feeling. <laughs> Thank you. I've had that feeling recently because I've been playing the uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. On PS4. Because Crash Bandicoot was the first game I played on PS1. I got a bit of nostalgia. I 100%ed it in the day. So I got some nostalgia for it. But I guess this might be the nostalgia talking, but I swear the landing on the narrow platforms physics is fucking me about a little bit. Hmm. Doesn't surprise me. I, it, this was the similar kind of thing that was pulled up when Ukulele <clears throat> came out. When mm. we were like, oh, well, Crash Bandicoot, uh, not Crash Bandicoot, sorry, yeah, Banjo Kazooie was amazing and the best platformer. And then you yeah, would go back and play, and it's like, there are actually a lot of problems with this. And <laughs> what my brain said it was going to be. We actually ended up having this discussion last week about the nostalgia effect. With, uh, we were talking with Mike Biffle about it mm. and what you think these classic games were back then what versus what they actually were. And when mm. people ask, oh, I want stuff that was like back in the day. Like, well, well, you've got to be 10 again, kind of and <laughs> not have 20 yeah. years of gaming experience in order for that to happen because actually those games were heavily flawed. Mm. Yeah, because uh, with the with the Crash Bandicoot, I've been playing the first one again. And you know those little um, flaming platforms that do the intermittent flame? Mm -hmm. And uh, they're about just like one character width wide. And if you do a particularly long jump onto it, I always sort of fudge it on the landing. And I swear the character like is like nudges their feet on the platform and then shifts one foot backwards and drops straight down. That is the opposite of what it should be. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I've been reading a lot of, I'm not going to say articles. I'm going to say angry posts that... <laughs> are in place of articles that are basically there's no difference these days yeah basically talking about how hard it is and it makes <laughs> me laugh that it's like that's what games were though yeah yeah like yeah. nothing changed about it it's it's just a like it's the same damn game i don't understand people are just like it's very it's like the dark souls of platformers like no stop first <laughs> off stop. I'm out. it's like when people complain that capri's cream eggs have gotten smaller no, it's just your hands have gotten bigger. Wagon wheels <laughs> did get smaller, though. They have. Wagon wheels are smaller. Guarantee it. Bought bought some recently. Absolutely, 100%. They were bigger than that. All right. It's a I conspiracy. I know it. It's true. I'm sure I can find some proof of it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always interesting because people don't seem to realize that Video games have advanced not just in terms of graphics, but also in terms of like matching up with with 
us and how we want to play them, how our brains work, mm -hmm. right? Like platformers make so much more sense now. And you can absolutely tell the difference between a platformer that's fully synced up with like when your brain tells you to jump yep. versus one that doesn't, right? They feel more fluid. Um, so playing one from a long time ago, obviously, yeah, that sort of stuff wasn't as much of a science and it wasn't as specific, you know? So it's going to feel a lot harder because now we have games where you're like, God, this feels great to play. <laughs> I think when you're a kid as well, you got this sort of natural loyalty instinct where you think that if you're doing badly at a game, you just think, you know, you're just not meeting the game's expectations. Right. I think it's easily frustrated as you do in this day and age when there's so much competition for your eyeballs. Also, the, the clear and, and important truth that as you get older, you get shittier at gaming. Let's not yeah. beat around it's that. True. That's, that's that is absolutely that's true. A fact. I guess we've got a lot of other things to worry about in our adult <laughs> life. Yeah. It also comes down to the fact that, you know, as a kid, you got a game it might be the only game that you get in a month. I'm like, I am going to play the shit out of this. I don't have an mm -hmm. option. Whereas these days, like, this game is pissing me off. I have absolutely no reason to continue to waste my fucking time There's with it. There's a Steam it. Summer yeah. Sale. I bought 50 <laughs> games for $5. Yeah. I don't need to play this anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Toss it away. Like, it, yeah. that stuff sort of become more disposable as you get older. And like you said, there is a lot more competition. Mm. For one, for your eyeballs and for your play. So no, if someone is if something isn't doing something well, there's probably something else that does that better. So go play that. At the time, that was not true, of course. Mm. Mm. Probably also doesn't help that Crash runs at 30 frames, if I recall correctly. Even the remaster. So uh, you, probably. I believe it. That's does. probably part of the. It's probably part of the problem. Yeah. Slightly less responsiveness on the controls. Yeah, input delay and all that sort of thing, uh, which but yeah, is unhelpful. For what I've been playing, it is pretty much just a one-to-one -one remake of the first Crash Bandicoot for what I've played so far, except with HD graphics, obviously. Mm -hmm. There's one change that jumped out at me. Is that in the intro sequence, um, after the main character, Crash Bandicoot, escapes from a lab, and uh, the main villain says, prepare the female Bandicoot. And in the original, you just see guards encroaching upon... Crash's girlfriend, Bandicoot. But in the remake, they show her punching out one of the guards and then getting overpowered by the others. Huh. I don't know if this That's sort of like attempt to move change. with the times when you're, you're doing your uh, rescue the princess plot. Right. Yeah. They're trying to sort of excuse a bit that they have made the female Bandicoot really weirdly human in its sexual characteristics. <laughs> it reminds me of what Crystal in Star Fox is like this. So uh, this is bordering on uh, furry erotica at this point. Or whatever her <laughs> name was in a, a oh shit, uh, Conquer, Conquer's girlfriend. Whatever the hell her name was. Well, that's like, everyone else is a cute little animal, and she's an oversexed like squirrel girl. And you're like, wait a minute. Well, that was that was I mean, deliberately going for the um, yeah. I was gonna say Conquer's Bad Fur Day was not a kids game. Like, well, right, yeah. right, but but it's the it's the exact same idea. Although there was a sex plant, so I mean that's a thing too. That yeah, was way well, hotter. That plant was much hotter. Let's be real. I'd bang that bag, is what I'm saying. Well, yeah. yeah. Not, not a Culminate. game I really have a desire to play. I mean, I, I never liked platformers at the best of times. I definitely don't want to go back and play something like that. Uh, 3D platformers, just like, I, I'm trying to remember yeah. one that I liked, and I coming up short, I can't think of one. There are very few good 3D platformers, because uh, platforming in 3D never really made the translation terribly well. No, no, it did not. 
So just Not that it stopped the fucking PS1 from trying. Ugh. Well, Crash Bandicoot was a mostly 2D platformer, or in that you only really move along a 2D plane. Mm-hmm. It's just all in 3D graphics. Yeah. There's a bit of going in and out here and there, but for the most part, the levels are designed around moving around, moving on one plane. Sort of like um, New Super Mario Brothers U, I think it was, or Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U. Yeah. Yes, so, that one. So which like was an which old was, prototype of the two and a half D that we now kind of get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because uh, Mario sixty four, of course, was full three D, and that hasn't aged well at all. No, no, it hasn't. I, I remember chunky. liking Mario Sunshine more, but again, I, that might be a nostalgia thing. I I don't think it is. I mean, weirdly enough, over the last year or so, I've been hearing a lot about Mario Sunshine for whatever reason. It just. I remember it coming out around the time and people just dismissing it. And mm. these days people are like, that game was incredible. Like, you know, can we play it on the Switch? You know, can we have a new one of those? Like, whoa, where did that come from? Was, hmm. was it just an underappreciation at the time for that? I think that might be that might be the case. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe people just saw the GameCube as a bit of a whipping boy at the time. Hmm. It is possible. Well, Maybe people were angry because it came out with Luigi's Mansion and then the, the Mario came out a while later. Yeah, that might be it. Hey, what else has everybody else been playing this week? Who wants to toss into the one in the ring? Yo, I got uh, one I'll talk about really quick because we talked about before and another one that... Uh, actually, we probably talked about this too. Anyway, I have <laughs> two. Uh, first one, Final Fantasy XIV. Um, oh my God, I actually have a lot to talk about. Final Stone Fantasy XIV, yeah. I'm going to get real simple with this. All right. God bless everyone who loves this game. And thinks it's amazing. I'm gonna say it again. Are we the gonna story... get a fight here between you and Dodger? Because I know Dodger's no, no, no fights. It's fine. No fights. Okay. Right. The story because is... that's less fun. Can we have a fight, please? The story is great. I am still stuck trying to get to Heaven Sword stuff because the content of I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a zone and had to run back and forth between two points over and over and over again to complete a quest. There's nothing to do. Just go talk to a person and then run back. It is terrible game design. Literally embarrassingly bad. The leveling up is cool. wow, unfathomably annoying. With that said, everyone's telling me, and I'm going to stick with it. I, I don't have a final word on this. Everyone's saying Heaven Sword and uh, the new expansion are like infinitely better and so much cooler so I'm going to stick with it, and I'm going to let you know. If it ain't better, I'm going to go. Look, I know where the Square Enix offices here are in L.A. I'm going to burn those motherfuckers down. I want everyone to be aware. I will come to there and just be like, yeah. All right. With the said, just buy the token that lets you skip all that shit and start I don't want to skip it, though, because there's a story, and it's like a really good story, so I want to see it all. Mm-hmm. It's like but, you just uh, watched it on YouTube. Mario 3. Yeah, I want to experience the story. Uh, they got like evil mask face and the judges from Final Fantasy XII are in there. The Look, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to assume the story is teenagers fight God. Um, evil Empire first. There might be God it's at some evil, point. Evil Empire, but evil Empire right now Excuse is the case. Me, yes. um, I will say, though, I finally uh, played both the DLC for Final Fantasy XV. What a crazy ride those are. Uh, they're two totally different playstyles. So Final Fantasy 15 is an RPG, right? Okay. Final Fantasy 15 Gladio episode is essentially a very, 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 very light version of Dark Souls. So you're straight up like playing as a dude with a sword and you're dodging, you're blocking, you're rolling, you're doing the whole, like you're, the enemies hit really hard. You have to fight these bosses. You have to charge. It's great. It's super fun. 
Um, eventually, there's a boss fight that's a that's an optional boss fight that's like made me want to rip my eyes out uh, against Matt Mercer. So you can hear Matt Mercer just yell at you the entire time, which is pretty fun. But eventually, you have to tweet at Matt Mercer. You suck, Matt Mercer. Um, it's fun. It it was it was it, but it's like an hour long. So I don't know if it's worth the four ninety nine. Maybe mm. if like you can justify it. But five bucks for an hour is not the best deal for a DLC. Not really. I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. DLC is generally not great price performance content wise, but that is, I don't know if I'd pay $5 for an hour or, right. unless it was a very good hour. However, the Prompto DLC, and, and just for, for people who are curious what the DLCs are, at certain points in the game, the main game, the main characters disappear. They're like, I'm going to go handle something or, or something happens to them where they're gone. This DLC is the what happened to those characters bits. And gotcha. so... The Prompto story is when he's knocked off a train and like missing from the party for a while. This is his story. And um, it is basically Metal Gear. It's a Metal Gear Solid game where you we have to sneak around and you have to like knock out guards and you get in like gunfights. And so there's actual like gun mechanics. They're all pretty jank because it's still an RPG and it's sort of like okay. they modded the RPG, but it's fun. It's really fun and it gives you a lot of uh interesting story bits you get to hang out with Aranea, who's this badass dragoon chick from the main game and it's it's it, i i love it i love the dlc again i will simply say i still don't think they're worth the price i love them and i will pay it because i'm on the internet and i can do that shit but like i don't know that I'm, like that i would recommend it to people but if you're down for the story and you need to see what happens it's like a must buy it's two totally different things. The next one is uh, Igni, and he's the chef. So fingers crossed that it's just like a cooking mama thing. God, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. And he's like, that's it, cooking mama. I'd be so happy if that's all it was. But, I would um, kind of play the fuck out of that, I have to admit. And yeah, then they, I would play that. And then they released uh, the Chapter 13 2 uh, bit that I haven't played that yet, so I got to get on that too. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, it's crazy to me that 15 still has a life that's – chugging along uh, for a game that admittedly was rushed they're actually producing content for it still to kind of make up for that so yeah well, all right i'm i'm down dlc that story knocked out from the middle of the plot i guess is better than dlc that's just the end of the plot chopped off for an extra five yeah. bucks yes yeah. uh thank thanks for that uh fucking azura's wrath <laughs> by the dlc for the proper ending fuck you capcom and what a what a crappy thing to do with a great game. Like what a great Ooh, game that had no yeah. ending. It's infuriating. Um it really is. and then the other thing I did play that I again it's something we've all played, but I should bring up because it's actually released now or will be in a few days. Uh Antihero, Antihero. is out. Yes. Uh, <gasps> it is. It's no, I think it's it, not out. Uh July 10th, I think it comes out. Yes. I think. Why would you yeah. do that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a I I got a copy of it and played the shit out of it this past week. Um yeah, basically you are in uh, ye old England and you are a gang and the whole in our premise, land and tan, as it turns yeah, out. You, you take over orphanages and churches yep. and, and all these different things as you Orphans try to build up your gang. Units in this game. It's great. It is, yeah. You control orphans. And the orphans take over stuff. Uh, I I really liked the uh, the tutorial system really showed me the shit that i was not aware like and we played this game before at conventions we played it like i thought i kind of knew ago. Yeah, yeah yeah but 
the tutorial showed me things. I was like, whoa, there's one of the places if you take over an orphanage, you can, and you put three orphans in the orphanage. Now the orphans can then go beat up other orphans and take things from them. So you don't need a gang to do it. So now you can just send kids to go beat up other kids. I was like, yes. Game. And then because and this was something that we hadn't played with before, they now have a guy who goes around and like, um, I'm trying to think of a, a truant officer. He goes around and he can snatch up every orphan in a building if it's not protected. So he can come in and just grab them. So you literally wipe out a building just by, they have assassins that look like uh, Evie from Assassin's Creed. So she's like, they can like one shot dudes. And it's great. It's such a cool game. I'm so happy that they've made like so many changes and like really stepped it up with this one. The, the tactics in it are on point. It's a real good tactical game. How many people can play in a game at a time? Four? Uh... I thought it was just a 1v1. Yeah, I, thought it was it? One v- I thought it was there's a story mode, but I think it's just 1v1. Yeah. Although it could it's be more. It's basically a digital board game for all intents and purposes. Right. Yeah. And then the, um, the, the way they have it now where they've, they keep adding. So as you go through the story, they keep adding things that you can upgrade. And so you can eventually make it so your main character can have uh, like a three damage or you can upgrade your brutes and have them like around the city and have them with more life. And if you, there's a lot to this game. And uh, I think what makes me very, very happy is most of the time when I play a game at a convention or whatever, you see it and you kind of get the idea of like, okay, this is what this is. Over time, the more I've seen this game, the more I've realized like, holy shit, they weren't showing us very much of this game at all. There's like a lot more to right. it and that excites me. So I'm down with that. I love when I find out things I'm like, holy shit, I didn't even know you could do this. There's um, a little more depth. depth. Yeah, the it's way you can gradually build it, reveals itself, which is good. Yeah, and so when you make gangs, which are basically... um. I'm trying to think of what the character's name is uh, from Gangs of New York. I wish you could remember. You know, like the, the guy with the mustache yeah, in the gang. Yes, yes. That's what it looks like. And so he, it's him. And then you sort of fill your gangs with these ruffians you can buy. And they join the gang. And that's how you increase the life. But the more you attack and you do stuff with it, uh, you get the option of either you can make it so your gang gets more money when they attack or does more damage when they attack or can kick out more kids of buildings when they, like, boot kids. Um but like the way you do that, uh, you think it's going to have some major effect on gameplay. Like, yeah, all my guys are just going to get money. They're going to be super rich, but then they're super weak. Or So you have to be real smart about how you level these guys and how many people you put in because eventually assassins will be on the field and they can just straight up like one-shot them and kill an entire gang. You're like, oh, I upgraded this awesome gang and now they're instantly dead because that guy just had six coins that he could use to kill me. So there's like all sorts of strategy you have to have and it, it's 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 pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yep, it, it really is. Uh, it's nice to see something like that. The art style is lovely. It's easy to get into, but obviously a lot of depth mechanically. And I've been playing a lot of stuff that's like digital board games as of late and regular board games. So yeah. to have one that's sort of designed with that in mind, we've played a few. It's sort of a, I don't know if you call it an emerging genre, but it's interesting that we're seeing the idea of a board game the kind of things you traditionally see in a board game and then saying well one of the problems of board games is learning the rules and tracking all of the clunk and if you overcomplicate a board game you make that unenjoyable but there's a lot of stuff you can do under the hood what was interesting uh, it was uh quite a while ago there's a kickstarter i backed which is one of the most disappointing kickstarters i've ever backed i was called a uh, golem arcana 
and mm. it, it's by Hairbrained, who made the Shadowrun games and are currently making Battletech, which is looking very good. But they said, hey, we're going to make a sort of digital collectible miniatures board game with these cool giant golems, and you're going to have this stylus. And this is a digital stylus that reads information off the tiles and off the base of the miniature and tracks all this shit for you. So you don't have to worry about it. So it's a combination of digital and uh, physical, and we're going to have an app to support and everything. Back to the thing thinking, that sounds great. It's not. It isn't at all. Because as it turns out, when you oversimplify all that shit and when you have an app handle it all and have the computer handle it all, what you are then left with is an extremely shallow, simple, expensive and pointless experience mm. it's like this this is any basic tactics game on steam for ten dollars but this is two hundred dollars of fucking miniatures with mm. a fancy fucking stylus if the miniatures were good maybe i would have liked it but they're not they're shit i i think the first time they came in i showed you one of the miniatures i kickstarted the, just the paint job was just fucking awful uh, like yeah as it turns out you can't just did you can't just take a game throw some aspects in a digital and have it be good so there's this interesting balance well, there's always a risk in trying to find a middle ground between two things that two different audiences appreciate yeah like you got your people like digital games people like board games i think they like them for different reasons very so when you find in the point in between the two yeah sort of alienate both in a way yeah it very much kind of depends on the board game right yeah the the best aspects of board games for me are is the social aspect of it for exactly. obvious reasons that's, uh, that's the whole appeal of board games you're all sitting around talking to each other yeah you're not talking into earphones yeah so if there's player interaction but i don't mind playing board games online using tabletop simulator or playing games like armello which is a digital board game great game a lot of fun mm. and that it did not with armello i think if that was a board game and it could be nothing stopping it being a board game, it would have probably been less enjoyable because there is a certain amount of clunk that they can have the game handle under the hood, which isn't enjoyable to handle in real life. Mm-hmm. And you've got to think, like, parts of these mechanics are really cool and are good to act out manually, and there are other parts that are not. So mm. finding that balance, as you said, is key. Uh, an example of one that works well because it has a digital element is XCOM, the board game, because mm. they decided we want to make this real time. So what we need is an app that dictates that and gives you your instructions and stuff. And the whole tense aspect of the game comes from there. But it's social because you're interacting with the other team members with you and you're all panicking. And that shared stress and that shared uh, approach, uh, overcoming diversity is the great part of it. That's why it's awesome. Overcoming diversity. Uh, did I say overcoming <laughs> diversity? Please tell me I did not say that. Last week, what was it last week that I said that we had to overcome equality or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been good. It's been good yeah. every week. <laughs> yes, the, I believe it was the enemy is racial equality. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, can we, can I just, I want to put like, this out there to devs. Happy fourth. Devs who wish to make some sort of board game video game, the Game of Thrones game, that requires too much setup, too much time, too much knowledge of what's going on. Make a board game of it and have the computer do all that bullshit 
that would sell like crazy. How was the that, how was the Dark Souls board game? I, remember, I know you posted uh, a video of that. Yeah, uh, so I played that in real life, and I also streamed it using Tabletop Sim. And the intriguing part of the Dark Souls board game is that the things that are bad about it are also the things that are good about it. Because what you have is... I just a, got my copy. You, get, you got a copy? The there day. you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's... Uh, got got my wee tight night demon right there it says on my desk uh the miniatures are great uh and there's there's even bigger ones i have my gaping dragon on kickstarter sorry the gaping dragon jesse ah okay the gaping dragon i've been to that website pretty good (laughs) it's it's like this big (laughs) this big visually visually amazing boss visually striking yeah they all to play visually fun. Visually the best. Visually my favorite. Probably my least favorite to actually kill. Yeah. The the developers of the board game were very much on the bandwagon of how do we translate the feeling of the board game to obnoxious levels onto a tabletop? Which, <laughs> and they have succeeded in doing that um, to its either success or detriment. Uh, the the grinding, for instance. You have to grind in that game. There is no, no question. I, uh, you go through, uh, as you go through the tiles, they have like encounters. When you beat the first mini boss, the, uh, the encounters are reset with more, with harder encounters. And then the final boss is put in play. So it's a, it's a dungeon crawler. Mm. So you uncover the card and it's like, you place these monsters here, this monster here. This is the setup. There might be traps. There might not be traps. Go. And you start off with basic characters. As far as I can tell, mathematically, it seems nigh and impossible to beat the mini-boss without running that, killing the bosses for souls, and then going back to the bonfire to spend those souls to level up your character and get better gear. Because if you do not do that, because this is a game that involves dice rolling, you can't translate the physical dexterity aspect to a board game easily, you Mm. will fucking die. And Sounds pretty authentic, so far. Yeah, it does. And some people who played it, who play board games, are like, this is fucking terrible design. And then the people who play Dark Souls is, this is great design. Because- <laughs> this is actual Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. It's like, just like the video game. Uh, so they, it's, it's such an interesting study. I mean to make a video on the comparison between the Bloodborne card game, which is an excellent card game that might as well not be Bloodborne at all, and Dark Souls, and how one of them is a better board game but a worse translation of a video game Hmm. it's fascinating to me like it's really interesting speaking as a in the occasional indie developer prototyping board games can be a good good way to toss a gameplay idea around yeah i mean if if you've got like a game idea trying to make a board game version is an interesting challenge that's worth Mm -hmm. trying I remember I tried like prototyping ideas for like a a board game that's kind of like plays a bit like the old Warhammer style where you explore uh, the map as it comes up. Various oh, Warhammer pieces. Quest. Yeah, sort of, or like yeah. Advanced Hero Quest, that sort of thing. Yeah. And but I was trying to do it like with more sort of a stealth-based mechanic, so you have to watch guard patrol routes and uh, avoid them as they go past. But it was a right ass because <laughs> yeah, once I was a trusted like bringing this into like actual application turns out you have to keep track of the movements of every guard and every turn you have to keep track of what's visual and what isn't visual yep to a guard. at which I, point you're like this needs to be digital now 
Like, yeah. th- that's sort of the, the, the design. And making, though, the, the um, maintenance and the upkeep of the game actually a fun part of the experience is what makes the really awesome board game shine. Yeah, I think mm. part of the fun is, like, making sure you've got all the pieces in the right place. Yeah. I was Mo- considering moving shit around physically like a- is enjoyable. Yeah, I was considering having like a physical object to represent a vision cone. Yeah. You just put it down in front of a guard, like a big pizza slice. Yeah. <laughs> players on there and they get uh, caught or whatever. But then you have to worry, are they behind furniture? Are they behind a bit of wall? The Dark Souls kind of has a bit of that with the boss movement mechanics and yeah. the boss deck. Uh, the boss uh, fucking goes through phases and has attack pattern orders just like the board game. And they have a, a card shuffle mechanic and deck build that that actually represents that and it does it in such a cool way but the movement is a pain in the ass to fucking track mm. uh because of the way that the four um cones uh you know the uh you know this, this is the front of it this is a quadrant here quadrant here this guy's here is it going to turn 90 degrees to the left 90 degrees to the right did it just run into a wall well how does it interact with that um it's like that would have been much easier to track with a with a video game no doubt yeah, it, it's worth playing. If you, if you have played Dark Souls, it's worth playing for just all those moments of, this is cool, and simultaneously not. <laughs> I have right. played an awful lot of Dark Souls. Yeah. I think 200 hours apiece on my Steam listings. Yeah, you have, you have to try the board game. Uh, when the expansions come out, it will probably be a lot better um, in terms of its content. But as it stands, like we, we had a fun time. Uh, five hours of a fun time <laughs> like just <laughs> god this can drag like especially when you're learning it we weren't playing it properly either like the rules are written by aliens uh <laughs> it's it's not well laid out there's it's not right. logical at all um anyway we need to go break uh because otherwise it will be an hour more of board games which actually i'm okay with but i'd like to take a break before we do that this episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Head over to squarespace.com slash co-optional for 10% off your first order and a free trial. We have a wonderfully patriotic ad for you. I'm sure oh, this God. will not upset anybody. We'll be right back after the break. You're watching the Independence Day edition of the Co-Optional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. In 1776, we witnessed the birth of a nation. Tired of the oppressive yoke of the colonial invaders, the people of America demanded their independence. Tea was thrown in the harbor, greatly upsetting health-conscious fish who preferred kale smoothies. A well-organized militia peacefully protested at local business franchises, and Paul Revere penned the first lyrics for what would become a slightly above-average Weezer track. The question raged, is an inaccurate retelling of the American Revolution to advertise Squarespace highly disrespectful and potentially confusing? But in the end, isn't that what the battle for freedom was all about? The right to speak out loud and proud in the most disrespectful and confusing way possible. Consider what would have happened if 18th century internet wasn't rubbish, bogged down by inferior web designers and outdated presentation. Why, they could have let everyone know that the British were coming with a beautiful website from Squarespace. With the Squarespace events page, you can easily organize a calendar or list of events on your website. Concerts, meetings, book tours, casting off the shackles of imperialist rule. When time is of the essence, publish and share your events with Squarespace. I find this ad contrived and historically anachronistic, I hear you say. That sounds like the kind of opinion that you should present in a professionally designed template for additional gravitas. Head on over to squarespace.com slash co-optional and take advantage of a free trial and 10% off your first order to quickly and angrily present your feelings on an all-in-one blogging platform that presents award-winning design on practically any device. 
18th century internet was terrible, but it's mostly better now, allowing you to use the internet as it was intended to spread any opinion, no matter how inane, across the globe in a matter of seconds. Use powerful tools to publish and sync with almost any social media platform and give birth to your own nation with Squarespace domains. Practically instant setup and no hidden fees. But I'm not American, I hear you cry. How can I give my money to Squarespace and receive 10% off my first order at squarespace.com cooptional Don't worry, Squarespace takes American dollars, dingo dollars, sorry dollars, Swiss francs, Czech corona, Danish krona, euros, British pounds, Hong Kong dollars, Israeli shekels, Malaysian renets, Mexican pesos, Norwegian krona, stop calling us Australia, we're not even on the same landmass dollars, Philippine pesos, Polish lotti, Russian rubles, Swedish krona, Singapore dollars, Thai baht, and a nice cup of tea. Squarespace, they keep sponsoring us for some reason. Head to squarespace.com slash cooptional for 10% off your first order and a free trial. Wherever you are, whatever your flag, celebrate your freedom and make your next move with Squarespace. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed the sounds of like probably my favorite OC remix track ever of all time by 6-2 Sound, Steppo and Zircon, Passing of the Blue Crown remix from Mega Man 3. Fucking what a great song! So so very very good. It's a, it's incredible. Check out ocremix.org for a bunch of incredibly awesome video game remixes. It's an oldie but a goodie. Yep, they continue to truck on in an in a fantastic fashion. Uh, speaking of fantastic fashion, incidentally, big shout out to those who are currently doing speedruns on Summer Games Done Quick. There's been some really yeah, cool stuff going on with that. Mm. I watched the Guacamelee 100% speedrun. Ooh. Oh, yes. It made me feel like I had a tiny penis. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> Jesus, good God, how good is this person? Uh, for those who don't play Guacamelee, one, play Guacamelee. Excellent. Combine Metroidvania with Luchador Wrestling, and you get Guacamelee. It's fucking great. It was one of my favorite sorts of Metroidvanias as well, where the focus is more on um, uh, easy to learn, hard to master, skillful maneuvering around the area. Yeah. What, what I really liked about it is that the you know Metroidvania's got the idea of get this ability, this lets you bypass this area. All of those abilities were like shit like wrestling moves. Like yeah. The fact <laughs> that you could do an uppercut became a way to traverse the environment. It became a platforming mechanic. It's like, that's really good design. Yeah, I was playing uh, Hollow Knight recently. Oh, uh, Dodger loves to... Hollow Knight. I love that game. Yeah. I was enjoying it, then I got to a bit where I got the double jump, and I was like, oh, that was obvious. Mm. You let me down, Hollow Knight. Needed a bit more creative thinking there. Yeah, you're expecting something a little bit a little bit cooler. I, yeah. I, I think Guacamole is... I, I can't think of a game that got more creative with... Uh, terrain bypass abilities than Guacamole did, just in the sense of... I, I love how committed it is to theme now mm. uh, to to the point of exhaustion uh but speaking of exhaustion like i said the speed run uh, a hundred percent run not an any percent run the guy commentating beautifully the entire way through which is fucking hard to that's, do that's the craziest yeah. part yeah being able to do that at the same time i guess it, at a certain point it just becomes second nature yeah Don't, i mean there's uh, a reason that they always have a panel of like three or four people behind them right yeah. like yeah. He, he had his uh guy to help him it he didn't you barely used them the guy was just they, sitting um, there chilling because guy, yep i can handle this don't worry <laughs> the metroid prime run was really interesting because the guy like knew percentages 
He's like, well, if I get this, there's a 2.5% chance that I get. It was crazy wide. It was like <laughs> I love the a savant guys. up there yeah. just nailing it. And he was going through most levels sideways, like not even looking at stuff, firing. Because I guess he played so much, he would shoot into a corner because he knew a guy would spawn there. And it would yeah. just instantly die and he'd keep moving. And it was like, this man, it, it, this, is his, this is him. This is all, everything in his life has come he has to this one moment. The game. <laughs> he was like the wizard. He was just going like, <laughs> he knows everything about this game. It was crazy <laughs> to watch. Yeah, he's gone beyond oh. the game. Going way. Just remember way back. that you can be good at other things. You can. Nope. But if you are, you're not allowed on summer games. Don't quit. So seems yeah. not. No. Yes. But they're raising a ton of money for charity, and that's a fucking awesome thing. So cool. Yeah. Do do watch some speed runs on them when we're done with this show. Yeah. yeah. Don't go yet. Please. We have so many interesting things to say. Yeah, they aren't doing anything right now at all uh-uh don't even nope. go there they're yeah. shut down right now so don't you know look they need to do something with their late night version of their like when they're there's like one dude in the audience and they're it's like games no one really cares about switch it up switch it up speed run hentai games nighttime i'm telling oh, you god well that's easy you just press the fast forward button I yeah believe. but people would watch well, I guess we're giving away how much we know about hentai games here, aren't we? <laughs> I don't Look, know you just got to press that space bar. You got to get to those boobs. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, my. Lord knows mm -hmm. we're not here for the plot. Yeah. Well, well, we started plot. at a new school and we're attractive to the ladies. Yeah, I got it. And one of them's a tentacle monster. Ah, wow. I never saw that coming. What was that yeah. one where all the ladies are tanks? Oh, oh my God. Panther model. Panther yeah. model, yeah. Yeah, I was streaming. That. I was playing that for the first time on stream with the Escapist guys. And, well, we had fun. We Which had fun. tank did you go for? I must know. Oh, the German we one. Ended up on this weird date with the Russian one in a bar, and she made us drink a whole bunch. And we didn't. That even sounds right. Sounds like a great date. Video game. Oh yeah, the near uh, automata run was one-handed. That was cool. Oh. What? Mm-hmm. That was a cool run. I watched that, and that dude, like, zoomed through that game, and he's like, well, you don't even need to, like, jump here. You can just triple jump. Then up. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Him being like, well, you have to watch this cutscene. He's just, like, one-handed destroying it. I was like, oh... It was great. It I was didn't so watch fun. it because I still haven't got through even one run of that damn thing, and I need to yeah. just actually sit down and do it. I didn't want the spoilers. That's a... Uh, yeah. Some awesome stuff going on there, as always. Was the speedrun to ending A? That game's got a weird idea know. of what the word ending means. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just a normal It was just a normal run with 2B. Right. What else has everyone um, been playing this week? Dodger, what you got? Can I, since uh, since I didn't get a chance before, can I talk a little bit about Final Fantasy fourteen? Yeah. <sighs> Um, we can go back to that because yeah. Jesse brought it up and then was like, "Anyway, moving on to 15 and I, I was wanted like, to very quickly. I knew you had something nice to say, so I want to move on very quickly from that. Um, <laughs> I was not just going to say, work at all. because the potion was brought up, I I wanted to say that um, I made an alt character with a potion, so I've seen like what the potions do, which is kind of cool. So they um, when they brought out Stormblood, they made it so that you can once per account by a potion that skips all of the story and a potion that gives you a level 60 version of any class that you want. Um, potion that skips the story is sometimes known as tequila. 
This is why we bring him on. Yeah, so I used the uh, the level 60 Black Mage potion, um, which gave you like a full set of Black Mage gear as well as leveling you up. And then- um, Where do I get that? I'm a Black Mage, I want that. You go to the store and buy it. You go to the oh, Mog Station store and buy it. Pass, never um, mind. I and, then, and then the other potion is like to uh, to skip all of the story stuff up until Stormblood so that you can just start with Stormblood if you want. Yeah. I was creating an alternate character because because I didn't want to race change my other character because he has to be a cat boy forever. Oh, no. He's been a cat boy for too long. The game is set up so that you only need one character. One character can be all but the You classes, want to be a dragon boy? No, I'm a roboy. I'm, <laughs> I'm a, a robot. Why no? I'm a I'm a I'm the big boys. I'm the big green boys. Rogaden. Too many. Look, there's too many new races what, what in the game. That's a thing I don't understand. I don't follow Final Fantasy very much. All, this is all Greek to me. Look, I was just look. All you know is there's every other race, and then there's little cute baby potato boys, and those are the ones you play as. Uh-huh. Everyone else is stupid. Yeah, the evil potatoes, Lalas. No, they're not evil. They're just better than everyone else. The evil potatoes, Lalafels. <laughs> Anyways, um, so the uh, the potion gives you. Gives you a lot of stuff and then doesn't give you some stuff. It gives you, understandably, it gives you every dungeon and trial that is necessary to the story. All of the like side ones you have to go and get for yourself. They don't just let you have those. Um, they don't let you have any of the um, the like PvPing stuff or any of the raids. Totally understandably. Um, and then there were things that I kind of expected them to give you, and they did not. Like, I don't have a chocobo as this character. I would have to, like, go and do the quests in order to get That's a chocobo. Um, they did give me dying. I didn't have to, like, unlock dying, but they didn't give me glamours. So, so I had to unlock glamours. They gave you die. Well, the process in... of die, not oh, dying like to as die a my clothes. Okay. It's like they gave you the ability to die. Why they would you want me that? dying? Um, I don't understand that in the slightest. So yeah, my uh, my roboy Super Kudu is um, a level sixty red mage, and red mage has been really really fun so far. But yeah, cool. Glad to hear it. Bring in the dog. Also, oh. <laughs> there we go. So uh, he wasn't taking hints. <laughs> Also, not- Jesse, the people that watched you stream Final Fantasy XIV hmm. said that you did a classic Jesse thing and insisted on doing all of the side quests. It's no wonder that you got super fucking bored. <laughs> uh, m- not my fault that the side quests are bl- Blame that on the designers. Not I'm just saying, problem. like, if you're not sticking to the main story, quest, they they populate the game with so many fucking quests because as one character, you're supposed to have enough quests to level up, like, how many different classes? You're not supposed to go to an area and do every single side quest. I then only if you ever to level to... up one class, and okay. it's not my fault. Okay. Poor game design. Hashtag game design. <laughs> blame it on them. Don't blame it on me. Just because I'm trying to appreciate everything they did doesn't mean I'm the bad person. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, if you're only doing the main story quests, maybe you're the bad guy. <laughs> I considered if- doing the whole skip thing. So I was looking at it. I installed the game. which Oh, aw. Oh, don't, don't worry. This ain't going anywhere good. I was <laughs> like, hey, I'll install it. I was like, because uh, I hear what you're saying about it. And that itch, that 
a small small little itch inside me yeah. that says I should play an MMO again. Just slowly creeped out. I downloaded the thing. I'm like, all right. And I know about the skip thing. I've heard that Realm Reborn kind of sucks and, you know, Stormblood's great. So, sure, I'll I'll buy the skip thing. Not a problem. And then uh, the game took so long to update via the launcher that I gave up and uninstalled the game. So I never played it. Class, classic MMO experience. Yep. It's like t- 10 gig download. You, scr- you scratched the itch in the amount of time that it took to just yeah, download it. pretty much. And so all, all of the nauseating account setup and bullshit and verification and that, that. Uh, and I was just waiting for this thing to launch, you know, five minute download on steam 10 gig but that's like dude we need a 30 gigabyte update through the launcher this is going to download at the speed of half a psn which <laughs> is uh you know basically carrier pigeon at that point mm-hmm. and that successfully meant that i could push down my urge to play an mmo again because I, it took perfect. too long i can't make fun of you i had that exact same urge when it came to sotor and i was like yo, I'm going to download Star Wars again. I'm going to jump into that shit because there's new stuff. I'm ready for it. Downloaded it. Maybe logged in. Three minutes later, logged out, have not touched it again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right, I'm good. I've seen all I need to see. Like, in, I don't know. You, you, I think because MMORPGs live in that realm of it's about the memories you create in them with friends and the adventures you go on. That Yeah. It's not necessarily about the game. So when you go, you have that itch, like, I want to return. I want to go back into there. I want to experience again. When you get there, you're like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. This is like, I'm remembering something totally different. Mm -hmm. It's like when you go back for a high school reunion and you're like, oh God, you're all awful people. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's, that's what it's like. MMORPGs are the high school reunions of video games. When you go back (laughs) to them, you're like, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Just skinner books, really. You like the the level up sound effect and you're motivated to keep going for that. Not a whole lot else. I tend to avoid them like generally these days because I got to review a game a week and I've done MMO reviews in the past, but they always turn into first impression reviews because you can't get very far in a week. No, I mean, you can't. It's like you can't finish an MMO as it were. So it's like get through probably the the quest content that's available, uh, dabble the end game a little bit, then throw your review on and move on. Uh, But yeah, you get up to the point where the addiction set in, and then you have to break it off hard. Yeah, that was a good solid five years of my life as well. Kind of don't want to revisit it. As a last yeah. thing, everybody should absolutely, whether you want to play the game or not, everybody should absolutely watch the No Clip documentary on Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, they absolutely should. Yeah, it's so good. All yep. three parts are out now. It's great. And by the end of it, you're going to be like, I got to meet Yoshi P one day <laughs> just just so that I can give him a high five because hot damn. Like, it's really, really good. Yes, it is. It's, it's sort of the story of this was terrible and shit. We rebuilt the whole thing. This was the mm-hmm. story of us doing that, which is quite a cool story to watch. Yeah, that's a frequent contributor to the show. Frequent guest uh, Danny O'Dwyer working on that yeah. by Patreon, friend of the show, and doing a very good job, very good job with it, honestly. Looking forward to seeing oh, what his next project is. To the guy in chat who says, I want the Overwatch MMO that was Titan. Apparently, it was bad. Like <laughs> Danny also appara- wrote an investigative article on that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Treasure did a video on it for GameSpot before he left. 
Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was it's like, no, you don't want that. Really bad. Yeah. Really bad. And that's like why they're like, we have to scrap it. Yeah. Every single person that played it was like, this is not fun. Like, this is bad. Right. So be oh. thankful we got something to rise from the ashes out of that that turned out to be pretty popular and give us a lot of like really fun characters and stuff. Cause word on the street is it was bad. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. You don't want to play. Yep. What else have we been playing this week? What you got? Um, well, not a whole lot. It's July, fucking July, as game reviewers call it. Um, uh, I don't know if you've already covered it, but I've been playing a bit of Dead Cells recently. I was Dead about Cells to say I I played Dead Cells yesterday since they updated it. Yeah, there's just been an update. Mm-hmm. Have you covered I it? We did. We, uh, yeah, we've, we talked, we've talked about, about it when it first came yeah. out. Yeah, but I'd love yeah. to hear your take on it. Yeah, Dodger likes a lot. I, I dip in and out. I've said that it's to the, in my opinion, the best sort of example of a roguelite yet mm. in the way that it handles uh, progression and um, there's sort of meta progression and dying mm. and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I like the um, uh, that it's a pretty convincing adaptation of sort of Dark Souls style combat into 2D. Mm. And it um, kind of feels to me like a sort of coin-up arcade game made out of Dark Souls, sort of. Right. Um, I haven't gotten that far in it because I tend to panic when I get crowded by too many enemies. I think... <laughs> Have you had a boss? Yeah, I've, I've defeated the boss once. I defeated the first boss once. Yeah. A lot of help uh, on that guy. I think they still only have two bosses in really? it with the update. I'm pretty sure. When well, it they... when it originally was put on early access, it had two bosses. Check can confirm or deny, but I I don't think that they added another boss with the update. I guess it can't be that long because it's if like you, die, you have to go right to the start of the game. Yeah, um, they released it with like forty hours ish of content, I believe mm. that they said, assuming that you know that you figure out how to play it well enough that you can get to the final boss. Um, yeah, I'm going to use a shield. And you can shield attacks, and you can dodge attacks, and you can throw out stunning bombs and stuff, all of which I forget about. <laughs> I land in the middle of 500 guys, and they all start p- passing me around with their vicious attack particle effects. Yes. Um, the way that, yeah, when I first started playing the game, I was all about stacking bleed, because the mm. bleed was just, they've, they've nerfed it since, I think, but the bleed, when yeah. it first came onto early access, was insane. <laughs> um, but since then, yeah, like the way the way that the game lets you progress, like the weapons that you really enjoy using, you can just continue to put points into and make them better and better and better. But you might not ever find them on a run, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I was just playing it last night and I picked up, um, I don't know if this was new to the latest update, but Firebrands. Yeah, Fire yeah, that, that was a newer one to me too. Those things just aren't fair. They're <laughs> great. I just throw three of them at a guy who's like half a room away and then hide behind a ledge and watch him slowly die. There's um there's a trinket ability that you can get as well that's like when you do your your ground slam, the ground underneath you turns into fire. So now I feel like anybody who is like me that was just going really ham on bleed is now going really ham on burning. Because <laughs> you could just like stack up burning now. So you know. Fun. What's interesting that you bring that up is, uh, you know, obviously Dead Cells has got a lot of positive attention, rightfully so, because it's very good in many ways. 
that uh, there's starting to creep in feedback from players who played a lot that you are too powerful. That uh, bleed was a good example. The stacking bleeds and the way that certain items would interact with bleeds and do so much damage when an enemy was bleeding and so forth. Uh, I think Northern Lion brought this up because uh, he plays quite a lot of Dead Cells and also is a very experienced roguelike player saying, this game is great, but it might be too easy. Like, the, it might be a bit broken and sort of in your quest to make you feel extremely powerful, you may have overdone it a bit. Well, that's well, definitely not been my experience. It's I was, not been mine I was either because I'm terrible. But. Um, they, in this update, they added new enemies and they made areas more difficult. I think they're trying to like scale difficulty a bit better. Um, yeah. Because yeah, up until up until the point that you get to the first boss, and I can't tell if it's because I've gotten used to the mannerisms of all of the monsters that you see up until that point, but I feel now it's pretty easy to get to the first boss and then all of the stuff after the first boss feels like it kind of ramps up but again i haven't seen all of them as much so i forget like what their rotations are and what kind of abilities they use you know well, so they wanna, um they want to boost difficulty one thing i might suggest is remove the little exclamation marks that appears over enemies heads right oh, oh, the, warning, attack. the attack warning yeah yeah the batman arkham asylum glowy glowy press counter now alert I've actually never noticed that they have that. They do. Really? Yeah. Do you not use a shield much? Um, I've I use never a shield met sometimes. a person that's used I'm, a shield. I'm, I'm more about fast abilities and then getting out of there. Yeah. Dodge rolling and stuff. Shields nice are like. Yeah. Shields, huh? shields are great because you can just you, you stop their attack and you get free damage on them. And I guess it works for my style. Always a big tanker in Dark Souls as well. Yeah. I like the assault shield. But like things like the greed shield don't wind up feeling worth it because I don't I won't kill the thing fast enough in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I I sort of encountered a similar thing, but I'm nowhere near as good or advanced as the at the game as you are. Uh, it's yeah, I think I think removing that would be good. But as you kind of mentioned, like it is quite a particle effect heavy game. Yeah, which it, it gets makes very me wonder. busy. That's why the um, the mobbing really sort of turns things around very quick for me. Yeah, I, which makes me think that might be it might be tricky to notice and see those attack animations as a result of that which uh, is probably yeah. the reason they put that in well the exclamation marks get lost yeah. as well i mean um, they... watching the exclamation marks here it's like they're quite visually distinct and they have what uh, yeah. looks like a black stroke outline to make sure that they would show up um in uh well-lit uh, colored lighting um mm. but yeah uh it's it, it may require some rework for that Interesting idea, yeah. though. Yeah, I keep waiting for, I keep waiting in this footage to see an enemy <laughs> so that I can, like, see this exclamation point. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. You could, have, you could even add an option. I mean, they just added, fairly recently, they added an easy option to strafe. And I'm wondering why more roguelikes don't do something like that. Because there always seems to be uh, some level of alienation between the people who just want to play a game and the people who want the serious challenge that most roguelikes give. Yeah, it, uh, we, when we people don't think about difficulty settings. When we were talking about Darkest Dungeon earlier, uh, that's mm. a great example of a game that didn't force the player to play the way that it says you have to. Uh, mm. When they first introduced two fairly controversial mechanics, which were corpses and heart attacks, uh, they pretty much immediately gave you the option to turn those off if you didn't want them. And with the DLC the three major elements of the dlc you can turn on or off at will 
So if you don't want this or that, it's got no problem letting you have that. And then, of course, when they put Radiant and kind of Stygian Blood Moon difficulties in, they're like, yeah, um, play how you want. We're not going to fucking judge you for it. Yeah. Strafe in particular is a fucking difficult game. Mm. And I don't think it's the difficulty necessarily that's a problem, but that it's just, it's not particularly well designed in many ways. Yeah. It's a bit too much boring as well. Yeah. Too, too much running backwards in badly procedurally generated fucking levels, firing the same weapon over and over again, which is not fun to me. Yeah. It's not really the, the Quake experience that it's trying to create either. No. I mean, really, the, the Quake experience, in my opinion, was it's not something they really mentioned, but the marketing very much implied it because of the whole yeah. 90s, 90s, yeah. 90s, shooter 90s. It's like, it didn't actually, it was never really that. Mm. Um, I think I mentioned in my review of Strafe, which was last week, I think, that um, in the original Quake and games like that, self-preservation was always pretty low on the list of priorities while you were playing because there are health kits everywhere. It's not as important as killing everything and rocket jumping onto things and rubbing up against walls going, looking for the secrets. Yeah. But in a roguelite, self-preservation is like key, pinnacle. Yeah, hugely important. Most yeah. important thing. And because there's so little opportunities to heal up in that game. Yes, uh, it's a bit of a pain in the ass in that respect. It, it, it does come down, I think, in many ways to properly balancing various difficulty levels and the development time associated with that. Like in particular, in early access, you can kind of understand why games wouldn't really prioritize that. Mm. But I do believe, and we've said it before because we keep coming back to this, it's like a recurring thing that happens on the podcast every two months where we get into the should or should not Dark Souls have an easy mode arguments <laughs> uh, and how vitriolic that debate online can be and the people who made the like it would you know, defile the core of the game its heart yeah. would be ripped out and stamped upon by the casuals <laughs> and, and such things and then people say well it, but it doesn't affect you though in any way like this isn't a problem uh so and back we're not, and forth with that. We're never saying that they have to do no, that. No, we're never, never we didn't saying make that. the fucking game. No, but like if no. they did add it, we wouldn't give a shit, no, I think is the we, point. We wouldn't complain. <laughs> if it's like, yeah, but there are easier ways to play the game. Ba -ba -ba -ba. It's like, yeah, I, I get that, but it's not as obvious to people and yeah. as just selecting a difficulty. Well, if you want to play Dark Souls easy mode, you just uh, have a browser open with the wiki. And look up where all the what all the best character builds are. Yeah, because uh, there there are those. I, I remember when I first played Demon Souls, and yeah. there was an advice for that. Right, get to the first level immediately. Go to World Four. Do this shit, this <laughs> shit. Avoid the rolling bullshit skeleton shit. Here's a fucking incredible weapon that you can use. And then as soon as you get that and this ring, that will make the bunch of this other shit in the different order much easier. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't have the wiki, there was no chance I would have ever fucking found that myself. Like, it just wouldn't have happened. The, the uh, Black Edition of Demon's Souls that came out in the UK came with a fucking guidebook that told you to do that. Mm. Straight up. It was in the special edition. I'd argue that the Souls, the From Software, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Demon's Souls games are almost designed to be played as a sort of community experience. Yeah, you consult thing, you know, talk to each other, consult on the wiki. I mean, that's why there's that whole leaving messages on the ground for other players mechanic. Mm. Yeah, 
I, I, the, the lore is set up that way to too. Say, that's the lore. Yeah. The lore yeah. is a community based like, oh, you found this. Well, I found this. Let's put that shit together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it is a compelling reason for people to buy those games and launch to be part of the zeitgeist. I, I keep bringing it up. It came up years ago, years ago, when Fez first came out. Mm. There was a big effort to figure out what the fuck some stuff may, may, meant, and every time somebody figured something out, it was like, "Oh my god!" Uh, and being part of that was a cool experience for people. And mm. I think being part of any new Souls kind of light game release is also like that, uh, as people do community uh, as a community try and figure things out. The thing is, like that sort of stops happening after the first month or two, mm. and it almost makes me think. Okay, if you're going to object to having an easy mode, maybe just don't turn it on for the first month and then turn it on. Like, so, maybe it doesn't get unlocked until X number of people beat the final boss or some shit. I don't know. There's ways and means around it that don't infringe or impinge on that in any way. It just requires a bit of, a bit of thought. Basically, I just miss difficulty settings with funny names. Yeah. Uh, that was a 90s tradition. I can't wait for the difficulty settings in Wolfenstein New Colossus. Yeah. They'll be great. They'll Rise be of the Triad went crazy with that. There was like five yeah, alternative lists of difficulty settings. Yeah. I remember when, I, I think it was a games media site, got genuinely upset that the easy mode had BJ Blaskowitz in with a, uh, with a baby bonnet. dummy in a baby bonnet. It's like, this is insulting to the man! And I'm like, God damn it! That's oh. like, uh, somebody's... Um, it's hitting a bit too close to the bone there, by the sounds of it. Oh, dear. That was classic Wolfenstein. And uh, the old id shooters that used to insult you every time you tried to quit the game as well. Yes. Whatever do happened to that? I uh, do, do, love, do love it when they do that. Although I did, I like prefer the guilt tripping of Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri before I was like, please don't go. The drones need you. They look up to <laughs> you. It's like, fuck, okay, I'll play another turn. Bastards. Oh. That That's why I hate Animal Crossing. Fuck that shit. Does it I don't need games guilt tripping me. I get that enough from humans. Mm. Dodger, you don't mean that, do you? We're going to have a talk later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I played a bit of uh, Lawbringers. Breakers. Oh, yeah. not So Hinky's been playing Breakers. the shit out of that. Yeah, yeah he has. My God. I was like, well, you can tell the marketing for that game isn't working because I immediately forgot what it was called. So maybe, yeah. I, I'd played the alpha for this. I'd also played it at a PAX and pretty much dug it. You've you've evangelized pretty hard on this game. To, to some extent, yeah. Seems like, like I, you also, really like it. And also provided feedback for the stuff that I think isn't good. And seen that that's actually resulted in changes in the latest version. Uh, one of the complaints that I had about it was initially the only way to heal your character was to go to a healing station of which there are like two on the map and stand in it and if you didn't you were like i'm running around with three hit points i'm going to be killed by a mild breeze what am i even alive for i might as well actually blow myself up because it would be more effective and useful to my team if i did and just no. respawn there are now health pickups and also a class that has mild healing as well so good that that was a good way to do it that it it's like you you lose momentum and pacing in a game like that when you have dead man walking syndrome. Like I just go off a fight. I've got twenty hit points. If I run towards the objective, I am going to die one hundred percent and not contribute a fucking thing. 
So I need my health back, but I don't have a way to get it back unless I run the other side of the map and stand in a fucking healing fountain. So no, thankfully that's not there. Um, it's got more classes in it. It's got more game modes in it. There's a game mode called Blitzball for the Final Fantasy X uh, fans. I believe the... I have heard rumors the ball is voice acted by Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> Um, I'm going to double check that. I, somebody had mentioned this or something like that. Morty. Yeah, I think it's Morty. Uh, J Justin, Justin Roiland. Yes. His voice is the ball in that mode, which is a mode where you pick up the ball and take it to the goal. Um, kind of, kind of right bombing, you. bombing run from UT2K4, but a bit simpler. And I remember then. I remember when that was a mode in Team Fortress Classic that nobody ever played. Mm, yeah, could use so a bit more. So is it very different from Overwatch? Because yeah. look, I looked it up online, and the very first top story says Lawbreakers is very different from Overwatch. I, I mean, I've been saying this since the fucking alpha because it, apparently, if you make a shooter with classes in now, you are Overwatch. I think uh, Team Fortress yeah. Two might be highly upset by that concept, and all of the other class-based shooters that yeah. came before Overwatch. I think Battleborn might have been upset by that. Battleborn is upset for a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> oh god! But the no, it's the interesting thing about it is that it's far more. It's some people like it's a kind of an arena shooter, but a hero shooter as well. It, to me, it's more focused on individual skill than Overwatch is. Because there are matchups in Overwatch where you turn a corner and you are this class and are confronting this class and your chances of winning are next to zero. That is not the case in right. Lawbreakers. Everybody has a very effective set of weapons and abilities that let them kill anybody else. So there are no support roles as there were. Everybody is a shooty role. Some people may have a kit that is a bit more focused towards mobility. Someone else might have a bit of a tankier kit, but they're still focused on fucking killing people. And the zero G aspect to it and the really cool blind fire, which I like, you can point your gun backwards, which is something I haven't seen a shooter do, do before. And in the zero G areas, it will propel you through the air. Ah. So if you start to learn to chain that with your cool movement-based abilities, like say there's one that has kind of like a, a dagger she throws out that she could swing on, kind of pitfall style, you chain all of that shit together and half the map areas have these zero-G areas, you can get some absurd speed and momentum up, which is a, something that the game does a terrible job of explaining to you. Uh, that that the biggest problem I think that game has, other than the fact that it's going to be a multiplayer only shooter for thirty dollars, which may very well be dead on arrival, <laughs> is the coolest concepts in that game are not front loaded and immediately explained well to the player. So yeah, Bill complaining is like, oh, I'm, it's oh the zero G is so slow, and it's not. You can move at absurd speeds if as most people don't even know the blind fire button's even there. Because the game doesn't fucking throw it in your face and say, this is a thing, do it. This mm. is key to being good. Uh, so it's having difficulty, I think, finding purchase with an audience as a direct result of that. And it absolutely has to make sure that people know about its cool stuff. For the love of God, just show why you are cool. 
make it so fucking obvious to everybody that plays that game that they can then understand why they would want to play something like that over something else. That's the problem I think it currently right. has. I think it's yeah. pretty good, actually. Uh, characters are a bit, bit edgy, but it's a. I was going to say it looks a bit generic. I mean, it's, it's I, someone, see that's what I thought the first time that I looked at it too. Yeah, so you see, someone said that to me on Twitter yesterday, and I thought like, generic could sort of imply that there are is a bunch of stuff around currently that looks like that, and I, suppose, I don't know if yeah. there is really generic adhering to a genre. It maybe just, maybe it's more just it doesn't stand out as interesting. Yeah, it doesn't I think pop. It's, it's just people that. in the usual like plastic piecemeal armor. Yeah, and I, I, I th weird colored hairdos. Yeah, what? I, th I think that's more. That's yeah. more of it. Like the the problem. It's going up against Overwatch's character design, which uh, apparently, mm. according to everyone, seems to be the best in a generation. You know. Well, it's good, but but it's good because it's uh, goes out of its way to make every character a sort of distinct thing yes a distinct thing of doing to a distinct sort of genre or type yes uh, uh lawbreakers doesn't do that as well like there's no yeah. doubt because like everybody's well not everybody's a human because there is a robot but everybody else yeah. is a human of various sizes sure and of various colors and hair colors and such but you don't have a monkey <laughs> you don't have yeah. you know a spiritual robot monk you don't it, have yeah. it doesn't a, make a lot of sense for there to be a guy dressed as a cowboy in the game but yeah it makes him very distinct he's the yes. cowboy dude. Yeah. it's like how team fortress 2 went out of its way to make every character's silhouette as distinct before everything else yes yeah tf2 is another great example of we made these things distinct iconic and gave them a real identity and that yeah. identity allowed us to maintain popularity for a long fucking time through fan art and community creations and all that kind of stuff do you remember anarchy reigns i do and it was awesome and i hope they port it <laughs> i hope that's the next platinum game that gets ported because sega yeah, seems really onto that yeah because yeah. they're just on bayonetta and vanquish of course yeah i'm just what? looking at the screenshots of lawbreakers and anarchy reigns suddenly came to mind yeah that that was a pretty overlooked game I yeah i was about to say why don't i remember this game at all it was like a um, I wouldn't say sequel, but it followed on from Mad World because it had the same main character, sort yeah. of. But it was also a hero shooter at the kind of yeah. Um, it was it was on like a third person hero shooter platinum brawler thingy with some multiplayer and sort of a world mashup between some platinum stuff. I think Bayonetta was in it, and the main character yeah. Mad World was in it. I don't remember Bayonetta being in I, it. Let, let me double check. Um, There's definitely a girl who looks like Ben, and actually there are three girls who look like yeah. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> uh bayonetta was in it um is uh i think uh, yeah uh the narrative reason for her appearance in anarchy reigns is unclear <laughs> i like that uh apparently she was i think she was dlc for yeah that, yeah I which would be that. why because i remember uh, playing through the story mode of that game but yeah i don't remember Oh, and that was a weird one because it had some multiplayer functionality in as well which is yeah. unusual for platinum stuff yeah, I actually, I definitely hope they bring that out on PC because yeah, that that got overlooks and could probably uh, you know probably do a second shot at it. It was almost like there was also like bits of Power Stone in there as well. It was sort By of like it a came out, arena it wasn't, brawler. It didn't seem to get marketed at all. I mean, no. I hadn't. I mean, I just checked like the release schedule to see what I'm what's worth reviewing, and that was when I saw that coming up in like the upcoming week. That was the first I'd heard of it. Yeah, 
yeah, it it definitely flew well under the radar. I think a PC re-release would probably help it a lot in that regard. Hmm. Yeah, I want to play Anarchy Reigns again now. Well, it's just all these like hero shooters have come out now, so it's probably get overshadowed a bit. Yeah, but it was primarily single player, which is uh, something that uh, Jesse, you were talking about um, Agents of Mayhem, the mm -hmm. Saints, the Saints Row devs' new thing, which is like. I mean, there's like, it's a single player hero shooter where you swap between three characters and they all have ability sets and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, if it's I mean, anything, yep. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know that it's like Anarchy Reigns. I'm looking at Anarchy Reigns like the character, every one of these character models reminds me a lot more of uh, uh, Metal Gear Revengeance. Yeah. Than it, but, but. I'm a huge fan of games like this where you can play with someone else, though. I love the, like, I'm not sure how keen I am on uh, Agents of Mayhem when it's by yourself, when the best parts of uh, Saints Row were playing with some, playing with another person. Right. I disagree there. I think Saints Row 4 in particular holds up pretty well as a fun single-player experience. Uh, I, I, would, I would agree with that, actually. I, I played Saints Row 4 pretty much exclusively in single-player, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, me too. Well, much more than like the, late, the latter GTAs, I'd say. Hmm. Yeah, but I know you played a bunch with Crendor, didn't you, mm -hmm. Jesse? And yeah. That was sort of your well, experience I mean, of it. I can understand. We had a lot of problems playing saints row for uh together because there's a lot of parts where it's definitely single player in mind so when we would start things either we destroy it instantly or it would bug out to the point where it's like all right well we have to go through the single player and then we'll connect after the event's over yeah kind of stuff isn't there a bit in saints row 4 where you have to play a text adventure mm -hmm. and it's yep. great yeah the 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 dominatrix that would have been great and like, to the dominatrix good. i think they called mm -hmm. it yeah. yeah, they they played around quite a bit with like the DLC and stuff and weird shit. Like that was again they sort of jumped the shark in the best possible way. I think I'm blown away that I've never heard of Anarchy, Anarchy Reigns before. Reigns? Yeah, it looks great. It looks so good. Like yeah. I said, it, it got very uh, uh, slipped by notice. I think it came out in January one year, 2013. Like, I think something 2013, like that. Yeah, yeah. After... I mean, what you're watching on the screen right now is sort of a three-player survival mode. Where people are playing all the different characters, uh, and I think Bayonetta may have well just stomped on one of her own allies there. I'm not sure. There were, <laughs> and like I said, there's some weird multiplayer shit in that game. Like it was, it was a strange game, uh, really odd. Before its time, perhaps. I would, uh, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah, but I like this like Egyptian bee lady. She's awesome looking. Yeah, there's some interesting characters in there. Uh, it's a shame Okami isn't. Uh, oh, so Amat Amaterasu is not in there. They should have just thrown. I guess they couldn't have because Clover and Capcom. But yeah, this yeah. this one character literally looks like the first boss of Revengeance, just minus all the arms. Like it's almost a direct <laughs> copy of the character, except yeah. she came out before. But like, yeah, yeah this is That's crazy. Why they got go that yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'd Sega's been Sega, I believe, stated that nothing is off the table at the moment when it comes to bringing stuff to PC. And I'm interested to see what they do next. I think Anarchy Reigns is a very obvious choice. Like when you've brought Bayonetta and Vanquish over, there's kind of no reason not to bring Anarchy Reigns next. Mm. The the other stuff is less likely. Like Mad World, probably not. I, I would love Wonderful One Hundred One to come to PC. That would be excellent. 
I wonder how well how well do you think the controls would work without a touch screen? Um you know, I barely remember how that game controlled. Yeah, to I remember that was another game that was very bad at training the player. Uh, that was a yeah, that was a game that w it was difficult and challenging and weird, but also cool. And it was like, hey, we're gonna make a game for the Wii U that uses the the touchscreen tablet to do shit and to make your attacks and put all of your dudes together to make a giant hammer and hit people with and all that kind of thing. And mm. a lot of people bounced off that game for like, this is a thoroughly bizarre combat system. Hmm. I I mean, but I'd love anything from Platinum on PC. That would be great. <laughs> Wasn't there that um, DS game that was a space exploration game that Platinum did? What was it called? That's yeah. Something space. Um, I. Platinum space. This did not help <laughs> anybody. Uh, let's hang on. Uh, Platinum games, space, infinite space. Oh, was that Platinum games? I think I ever played that. Yeah, they actually released a weird. Two thousand. It was in two thousand nine. Sci-fi role-playing space simulation real-time tactics game. For some oh, reason. <laughs> That's keeping a lot of balls in the air, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Platinum made some weird shit. They may very well be known for spectacle fighters, but they also released a bunch of others like, what? They made what? Sorry? I invented the term of spectacle fighter and I want my due you credit. Yep. <laughs> I, I credit you for that. Okay. I didn't nick it. I, I thoroughly credit you for that. I you know, between people are trying to replace it with character action, though. You've got to resist that. So, everyone, uh, hashtag spectacle fighter, quick. Absolutely. I'll accept all to get rid of that term. It's a good one. Anyone else been playing anything else? Um, Not that I can think of. Well, I played some Friday the 13th the game recently. Oh my. Yeah, you're uh, not yes. big on that, are you? Well, I am big on the concept. And I think there's some yeah. very creative stuff in it. And I think that releasing a game in that state is despicable. <laughs> Well, it's fair a enough. Fucking I think, mess. I think I'm, it's fair in saying you're a bit less forgiving in terms of technical issues. Yes, uh, it didn't help that my so my one big experience with that game, which made me hate the fucking thing forever, is crying. His friends said, "Hey, come play Friday the Thirteenth with us." Like, well, I've never played it, but it's with friends. How? What could go wrong? Uh, what could go wrong uh, is I probably ran into every fucking bug that the game had and when i finally played jason i got a bug that broke my teleport that's yeah you're gonna need that yeah you are <laughs> so for the last 10 minutes of the game i helplessly wandered around at a snail's pace knowing that the people were the other side of the map getting the cart knowing they were there were able to see them on the map the teleport didn't work um, I believe after that, I explained what happened, called the game a steaming dumpster fire of shit, and mm -hmm. uninstalled it, thinking, why the fuck would anyone release this for $40 in this state? Like, this is oh. worse than an early access game. I can see how that would be very infuriating. Indeed. But, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't experienced anything like that, but mostly it's been like weird visual glitches that I've seen, which can be fun. Which can be a lot of fun on stream. Like Jason kills someone and their ragdoll just flies 20 feet up into the air the moment it goes out of the animation. I'll call it the Bethesda style glitch. It's like, my horse just went into orbit. This is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, but it is very unpolished. And um, yeah. like a lot of one versus group multiplayer games, it's basically just hide and seek. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
but I was a fan of the Jason films growing up and um, maybe that's colouring it a bit for me but I, I got into it I mean it's thematically uh, I strong the I appreciate the, music the broad view of what it's doing I guess you know besides the lack of polish yeah, and they did make an effort, which a lot of these bullshit asymmetric hide-and-seek games didn't, because uh, I have not played one that I've liked yet, because they're all fucking boring, to <laughs> actually throw in interesting mechanics and things for people to do other than just fucking hiding, and also yeah. giving the monster an interesting suite of abilities that evolved over the course of the match. Like, escalation is a problem in yeah, those yeah, games yeah. a lot of the time. Uh, and they never got White Noise 2. We played that on stream. I was like, I was fucking bored to death by that fucking thing. I'm always, I was a bit nervous playing that sort of multiplayer game because I get a bit anxious about, you know, my performance, making sure I'm giving a fun game for everyone else. Yeah. But I think it is quite hard, assuming you don't get bugs like you described. I think it's quite hard to play Jason badly. It, yeah. It's quite straightforward possibly. to be a very serious threat against the players. And I appreciate that. It's an interesting situation because it is a game that works best when the players involved are sort of role-playing to some mm. extent. And that, I think, is what a lot of its stream popularity comes from. I know, Jesse, you recently did a promo video for Dead by Daylight, which is a game I also hate, but, yes. you, but you played it with friends and the role-playing aspect came into play there as well. Well, mm. I... I... We played with friends, and admittedly, yes, it was a promo, so hashtag ad in front of all this. Yes. Like, we really enjoyed it, because I've never, I never really have done that before, where I played, like, one of you's going to hunt us down and kill us, and somebody would switch off, and it was fun. But um, with all that said, the best game we had, and thankfully I captured it, it's on Shameless Plug. It's the very first bit of when we were playing for the for the promo video. Uh, we It was myself and Gerard and Mathis, and uh, Dev, and we went up against a, just a random guy playing as Michael Myers. Whoever this guy was, I don't know who this dude is, I don't know what his deal was, he was the best Michael Myers you could ask for. He didn't run after you, he didn't, like, it's, there's one point where he hooked us all and then we escaped and we turned the corner and he's just standing at the stairs waiting for us. Yeah. And, he just, and then he slowly started coming on the stairs and we were like, ah, we're freaking out. <laughs> When he saw you, he didn't run after you. He would just slowly walk after you and let you feel like you were running away. It was amazing. And he started, like, hunting us all down like Mike Myers would hunt you down. It right. wasn't like a dude playing. It was a guy living out his Mike like Myers. Like role-playing Michael Myers, yeah. Holy shit, was it way more frightening. Yeah. It was terrifying because the guy was like, I'm going to hunt you down and kill you and wait for you. And, like, he'd set up traps and we'd, like, turn the corner and just be sitting there. And he wouldn't follow if you if you ran. He'd just be waiting for you. We were like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah. It was great, and it was that player who that really made set the it tone for you. Yeah. Set the tone for the rest of the day. Like That's, that one guy made the game so much more fun. That's the interesting part of games like that: that the quality of the game where varies so wildly based on the people that you're playing with. Yeah, where, which that was most... a bit of a struggle against Friday the Thirteenth, especially on public servers, because yes, every now and again yeah. you get a Jason who um, wants to narrate all their actions in a comedy voice through their microphone. Yeah, it's like, gotta you make a video, not, man. No, He's got to get that video out. Yeah, I mean, because he probably imagines there's going to be the next big fucking streamer hit. It's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it, it can be the most awesome experience and then the worst experience. And I think that if people are going to continue to make games like that, they're going to have to take that aspect into account because mm. the more reliant these games are on who you're playing with, 
the more likely it will be that you'll run into so many frustrating experiences that you won't want to play it anymore. And well, this is a problem since time immemorial with multiplayer games. There'll always be some people who just want to grieve. Yeah, I think that some games support it more than others, though. Like it, I mean, let's go back to Lawbreakers, for example. Like, what is the extent that you could ruin a game of Lawbreakers for everybody else? You don't really have a lot of power to do that. Whereas hmm. in a game like Friday the Thirteenth or Dead by Daylight, you have a shit ton of power to do that. Yeah. Because it's less focused on the mechanics and more focused on the personalities of the people involved. Yeah, but on the flip side of the coin, you get something like Battlefield 1, where no one can even keep track of what anyone's doing. <laughs> it's a clusterfuck. It's a no, I can't see shit the video game. They're putting night maps in it. <laughs> what are you fucking doing? Yeah, I just want to stare at a black screen and listen to static for half an hour. It's like, well, most of our maps are brown. And the uniforms are also brown. So, have fun with that. Thus. Oh, indeed. Ergo, also, <laughs> since you had, you didn't have enough trouble seeing shit, now it's nighttime. <laughs> and here's a sandstorm, and it's raining, somehow at the same time. Fuck you, people with eyes. Love it. Oh, God. Uh, fucking game. <laughs> let's, let's go a break when we come back the limited news and the releases uh, there's a lot of them uh, jesse has had uh, is playing the michael myers to our release list this week so perfect <laughs> i i can't wait to see how much he has carved it into little tiny bleeding pieces we'll be right back after the break folks you're watching the corporate podcast independence day edition don't go anywhere Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the co-optional podcast for the last 40, 45 minutes or so of the show. It is a fairly boring July so far for video game news. Uh, a lot of the big stuff happened last week. The announcement of the Super Nintendo Mini thing mm. that is apparently already getting pre-orders cancelled in the UK. So Great. <laughs> good start, Nintendo. We haven't learned from the last fucking three times, apparently. Awesome. Well done. Well done. But you good. should get it because there's Final Fantasy 3 slash Final Fantasy 6 on there. So, I mean, greatest the, game ever made. Have they, they decided finally? I, I, I think they officially it are saying three, three on there, but yeah. it's it's six. List says it's, three. Yeah. It, I mean, we, we talked about it last week that the game list is superb. There's no doubt. The question is whether you'll actually be able to get one, which probably, uh, no, <laughs> you're not allowed. So, you know, emulators, they're pretty cool. Anyone got anything that's been happening this week that's uh, sprung to mind as like, hey, this is kind of interesting and not awful? Uh... <laughs> yeah, this is the problem I had as well. It's... There's a lot of little stuff like the Five Nights at Freddy's creator confirms that Five Nights at Freddy's 6 has been cancelled. Oh no, my oh. favorite series, Dead Forever. This is terrible. No. Oh no. It, it's incredible how much money that series has made. They're making yeah. a movie, apparently. Ha. Yep. You know what? Here's the thing. I'm willing to say the movie is probably better than the game. It would probably be better than the game. Well, if there were a totally movie, depends. it would actually have a story in it. 
Um, I mean, if you were to watch the YouTube conspiracy videos, there is uh, definitely a story, my friend. Uh, oh, Christ. No. This is definitely no, one of those chicken and egg things. I'm pretty sure the conspiracy theories created the story for that game. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't mind, I don't mind jump scares. I like horror games. And if it gets, gets me the jump scare, I'm like, oh, you got me. Look, it's when I'm anticipating a jump scare, and I know a jump scare is going to happen at any moment, and I can't stand it. Yep. Yeah. I, I get really edgy playing something like that. It's, a, it's the same with movies, right? Like, if a if you see a movie very obviously frame up a shot where you're like, yeah. something's going to pop out right there, and then it pops out, it's not very satisfying, right? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and you just... You, and the you soundtrack's projected your intentions a bit too hard. Soundtrack cuts out. Main character closes bathroom cabinet or pulls <laughs> the curtain aside. Yeah. Uh, throw the entire orchestra off a building. Yeah. It, and as for these games, they've sort of run their course. Uh, the dev says, I need a break. No, I'm not trolling you, which apparently he's done before. He said there'll be no other game and then release another game. Kind of wants to work on something else. I honestly I don't, don't blame him at this point. I don't blame him. No. Well, you could guess that from that RPG thing he made. Oh, yeah, the one he released, and then was like, this is actually terrible. Why did I do that? <laughs> was a bit I thought a it got reviewed pretty well, did it not? No, it was disastrous. No? As I God, recall. What am I uh, thinking of, then? Not that one, definitely. Um, not that one. No, what? Because uh, what was the story of that? It it was it was a weird one. Was yeah, got, I got the sense that that was the sort of thing that he wanted to do something different, but he also wanted to leverage what he was known for. Yeah, and it didn't really gel. Ah, yes, Five Nights at Freddy's World. Uh, basically, they really he released it, pulled it from Steam because everyone's like, "This is terrible." Mm-hmm. Then released it again for free, made some improvements. It's still terrible. Gotcha. Okay. So that's so the opposite of what I said. Basically, yes. Great. Okay, cool. Yep. So good luck on whatever else you're working on, whatever that might be. I mean, that's that's the hard thing, right? Is for the rest of his life, unless unless he's like really talented and makes something else that's great. Um for the rest of his life, everybody's gonna be he'll like be known as the Five Nights at Freddy's guy. He'll be yeah. the Five Nights at Freddy's guy. Yeah, nothing that he yeah. makes will ever be as popular as Five Nights at Freddy's was. Kind of a kind of a notch situation. So, but yeah, he may retire of... in his billionaire mansion and shit post on the internet for the rest of his life. That's also a possibility. Oh my god, that's my dream. Who <laughs> is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the changes for hearthstone and overwatch the way that they're not ripping people off as much anymore so that's nice i mean for fuck's sake like the biggest fucking story this week which people apparently thought was a story is hey the um the anthem ps4 trailer on the playstation channel is actually xbox footage and they photoshopped over the control shock games journalism and it's like, yeah, at a games journalism site this week just shut down. I wonder why this keeps happening when this is what is constitutes games journalism these days. <laughs> uh, journalism hmm. in general, guys. Like, just journalism well, in general is... Let's not go that far. So the, there is something game-related that kind of happened yesterday that I sort of want to bring up a bit and a mm. concept that's a bit adjacent to this but is also connected to 
uh, games journalists and such. Yeah. The New York Times published an article which, uh, let me get the exact title of this so I don't fuck it up. Uh, in video games. The title of the article, Why Some Men Don't Work, Video Games Have Got Really Good, is the title for the article. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, as the internet does, it lost its shit before actually reading the article. And, I mean, you know, there's some jokes to be made at the expense of that title. Like, hard ones, like, wow, people who are working less do things they enjoy what a fucking news story yeah in reality the article was about a study that was recently released by the national bureau of economic research uh, it mostly focuses on tv doesn't it the article no it's more about how free time is being used versus current labor trends for the most mm. part, uh, and then breaking it down by demographic. So talking about the labor force of the 60s and 70s versus the labor force of 2017, uh, they, uh, it was economists, Eric Hurst, Mark, I'm reading this directly from the New York Times article, uh, Eric Hurst, uh, Mark Aguar, uh, Mark Bills, Kerman Charles, arguing that video games explain to some extent why younger men are working fewer hours. Um, they were comparing the trends of how men used to work versus how they're currently doing. Between 2004 and 2015, young men's leisure time grew by 2.3 hours a week. The majority of that increase, about 60%, according to that study, was then used to play video games. Uh, whereas compared to w young women's leisure time of the same sort of age range, the amount of time that was increased on video games was negligible. Mm. Um, so they were breaking down what people do with their free time, all that kind of thing. Uh, they're explaining to an audience that clearly sort of doesn't know shit about video games that, hey, video games are more complicated and better now, which explains why people are investing more time in them and all that sort of thing. And uh, talking about a few psychological aspects, characteristics about video games. The thing is, they weren't... People assumed before reading the article that this would be the media just condemning video games again. It's like, hey, right. it's the media's favorite fucking whipping boy. In reality, it was absolutely not that at all, but people couldn't get past the title. Right. Uh, I think video games stopped being the whipping boy when they started making all that money. Right. To some extent. Also, does the I article mean, say any... Sorry, go for it. I was going to say, people still blame video games before they blame TV. Like, they, video games are like the easy, the easy media to blame for, you know... I mean, it, it doesn't help terrible. when the media companies also own the television companies who mm -hmm. video games are directly competing with. Uh, as some of these companies have acquired video game companies and been in involved in that, you've seen that sort of go down. Uh, it's, it's a very sort of transparent, aggressive move against competition for your free time, mm. which is why a lot of that happens. And, you know, the good old moral panic and shit like that uh, that right. we still haven't fully grown out of. But it's... You know, I found the article far more interesting than it gave it credit for, but there was a lot of people throwing this word around that is starting to actually get on my nerves a bit, which is clickbait. It is clickbait. Sorry? Apparently, the article, you mean? Yes, apparently the article was clickbait. The title of the article is verbatim, Why Some Men Don't Work, Video Games Have Gotten Really Good. That's the title of the article. It's a okay. bit of a roller coaster of a title, isn't it? 
It's not a brilliant title, but it is descriptive of what it says. Clickbait is like six reasons why men don't work so much. Number six will surprise you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Number three will shock you. Or something in the title that isn't in the article at all, which happens quite a lot. Yeah. The title deals directly with the subject matter of the article in a fairly accurate way. I think what defines clickbait is that the headline has to in some way challenge the the reader. There's they a say, lot you'll of be that. surprised by this. Yeah. You the, won't believe this. There's a lot of questioning the viewer to the point where yeah. it's provoking them to click on it. It's like, well, I yeah. bet I won't be. I don't know. It's like, uh, I, I don't, I personally I have a personal gripe against why you should articles and videos. Mm. That's like very... Don't tell me what to do, you fucking video. Right. That That's bothersome. Is that clickbait? I mean, it's provocative, but if the contents of the video is a persuasive piece going to bat for the thing that they say they're going to bat for, that isn't clickbait. Right. It's just a provocative title. Right. Does the uh, I'm curious about the article itself. I, I haven't read this, but I'm curious... Does it say anything about the fact that I feel like if you're going to create an article where you're talking about young men or young people in general in video games, now they spend more time doing that. Yeah. I would hope that somewhere in that article, it also includes the fact that the reason why they want to work less is because the jobs are shit. The jobs they have access to are garbage or the fact that they're trying to like, it's an escape from X, Y, and Z. Like there's so many other factors than just like games are good now. Like, People want to play more games because everything else they're doing is shitty. Like they don't like, like they don't have the money to go out and do crazy things. They buy a six dollar game and they sit inside and play that for hours and hours because that's the only leisure they can afford at the moment. Yeah, the, 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 that is addressed to in some to some extent. Uh, uh, there's a paragraph that says, in some ways, the increase in video game time for men makes sense. Median wages for men have been stagnant for decades. Over the same period, quality of video games has grown significantly. Uh, they're talking about, uh, they bring up the social aspect. Uh, they bring up World of Warcraft as an example of, you know, this is a social activity that people are participating in, and it's replacing other social activities that they may participate in. Uh, there's a routine daily progress that does a good job of uh, replacing traditional work, they said to some extent. And they're mentioning that on average, young non-college educated men are more likely to be happier than similar men a decade ago and Mm. there's a lot of correlation causation going on there which is why some people are skeptical of the findings of the study but they do bring that up yeah i was um a while back too i was i was reading about how um societally like the expectation for men not too long ago was like the thing that you can do for the family is work. work. And like, right. if you work overtime, like that's a point of pride. Like you should be working all the time, right? Yeah, and I mean, if, I'd say my generation was brought up with that, with that yeah. attitude very much so, to the point where I do define quite a lot of my self-worth as a male, as how much can I work and how much money can I make for the family? And that defines exactly. a lot of my personal pride. Yeah, and I think if if we're now saying, oh, men are working a normal amount, and enjoying their leisure time that's a good thing right like like we're we're not 
we're finally working towards a point where we can say to dudes, like, you don't have to be working constantly in order to be like a value to your family and to society, right? Like, it's okay I mean, I think for it's you a healthy thing to say to anybody that your personal worth as a human being is not defined by how many fucking hours you spend with your nose to the grindstone. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think America in particular is obsessed with the notion of you need to work as much as fucking possible. And if you don't, you are lazy and worthless and bullshit, you know? For sure. Yeah. Who was the science fiction writer who said the ultimate goal of humanity should be 100% unemployment? Yeah. Uh, well, all I'm... the robots can take care of it. We can just... <laughs> and we can just out. fucking exist. Well, I mean, yeah. it's a very <laughs> Star Trek thing, about. isn't it? You know, the whole point, you know, the, the, the human race was elevated as a... Well, one, by nuking each other to death. Uh, two, by meeting the Vulcans. But three, you know, the Federation of Planets is based on the idea that, look, people want for nothing, so they pursue higher goals. Yeah, it's all about self-improvement. Yes, and improvement of the on. whole as well, you know, yeah. because they have now the freedom to do so, which then gets into political arguments like universal basic income and the fact that shit we're going to have to be dealing with sooner rather than later because robots are coming for your fucking jobs. But that's... Well, not our jobs. No, that that, that is the wonderful thing <laughs> about it. Until robots can come up with a good dick joke. Yeah, I was going to say, robots yeah, aren't robot at all. assholes. Yeah, robot assholes. In... <laughs> In theater theory, um, I'm trying to remember what his name was, but there was a guy who wrote a whole uh, a whole like series of theoretical articles about how he believed that the ultimate actor and entertainer is what's called an uber marionette, which is just like a puppet that gets to be directly controlled by the people who want the entertainment. Okay. <laughs> which would be a robot. So, I mean, like some people think that robots would be better at this than us. <laughs> This is, this is, it's, look, it all comes back to Trek, man. This is that Star Trek thing where in the future they just do stuff because they want to better themselves. And I think, I think at least for America, knowing, knowing the insane history of this country, the reason why we have that, like, we got to work, we got to work, is, is everyone, be, be, besides the whole, like, we have to be better than the Russians and that kind of shit, like, going back <laughs> all the way, it's the idea that the, the, People, for some reason, get it mixed up when they think about the history of humanity. Like, when we, you know, even we were cavemen, we were working, like, and that's how civilization was built, as we farmed and we made, like, we all worked. It's because you over need to time, do that to so live the, the, and saber-toothed tigers were trying to eat you all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But over time, <laughs> the idea of work anymore. changed from, like, a communal good. Like, I am farming, or I am doing this, or I am doing this, or I am the warrior class, whatever, to help my society, to now I collate papers. And I do this because the corporation that pays me needs me to... Like, it's a different level, but people lose that track of, like, oh, it's not for the good of anything anymore. I'm just doing it because I need paychecks so I can buy goods and services. And I think... The, the the optimal future would be we are working because it benefits all of us and we're doing it because it's like something I like I know I'm giving back and I get something from it which is not necessarily money but it's like it's man, fulfillment, well, I feel good that I helped. yeah I helped today and did something and like that's the peak I don't know if it's like we just lay about and do shit it's like fuck it robots are doing all that boring shit let's do things that help society and I think yeah. like that's the key well, you got to get people to feel like they're invested in society first. Yeah, so, I was going to yeah. say, you got to make it so that people aren't shitty anymore. Which and that's the American never society. Like, work so for you... yourself and strive for yourself and do good for you and take care of your family when it's like, long time ago, the family was the community, right? Yeah. And that's, mm. that's changed. It takes a village, etc. But also villages at, at certain points were mostly like made up of 
the same or a couple of families because nobody would move. Right. So there's also that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's some you it's interesting looking at fiction and the ways that some people have interpreted how that will go. Because it will ha assuming we don't wipe ourselves out prior to that, like it will happen and some are very hopeful about it. Like Star Trek. And then some are really not. Like the story of the Eldar Warhammer 40,000, where it's like, we, <laughs> we want for nothing. Uh, so as a direct result, uh, we become complete and total fucking hedonists and create a chaos god that kills us all because we were too lazy that and hedonistic. Right. And that one like, sounds right. <laughs> which way is that going to go? <laughs> well, th is that's, that is what makes good science fiction, because we stand at the precipice of that. Either we wipe ourselves out because we're fucking idiots or we create something better. But that's what makes it, that's what makes right now kind of cool. I got a question for you. Would you want to live in Logan's Run? Uh, uh, no. Wait, what's Logan's Run? Logan's Run done? is the movie starring Michael York, which is a totally hedonistic society where you'd want for nothing, have sex every night with whoever you want, and basically just live for pleasure. But you have to die at 30. No. No. <laughs> My like, my honestly, any any of those uh, stories where it's like some major aspect of society completely breaks down and people have to go back to like mostly living on farms and shit. That's the sort of apocalyptic situation. No, yeah, that's the sort of apocalyptic that. situation that I would dig because I'd just be like, oh, I'll just go back to being on a farm. That's easy. Like I've I've did that for most of my life. I mean, I'm down Max. for that. I'm ready for Mad Max. I would put on a weird- <laughs> You and Sam. Mask. Sam would oh, be yeah. like, see you, baby. I'm going to the <laughs> desert. Fuck this. <laughs> oh, we're going to the desert. We're going to make our crazy club. Yeah. <laughs> and we just pour milk on people. I don't know what the hell goes on. <laughs> just like, welcome. Yeah. Oh, we I'd just, have a Thunderdome. I'd be I, ready. I was going to say, I'm not sure that most of Mad Max was pouring milk on people, but okay. I, I don't recall <laughs> that in, too much. That's in what the, Jesse remembers. That's, okay. that's my Mad Max. Welcome to the Milk Dome. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and there are just jets that like shoot milk into the sky. Everybody's like, yeah. No. <laughs> it's like the rave scene in Blade. It didn't work its way like, in any way. <laughs> yes. Good. I don't uh, know how we got here. <laughs> thanks thanks New you asked York about Times. logan's run it uh, went <laughs> immediately yeah, it's a yeah good film. it is it, it is kind of must watch that sci-fi classic that people should pro probably watch a little dated now but i love that old style sci-fi uh, you watch uh, silent running uh don't recall that there's a film by doug trumbull who was like the special effects guy on 2001 a space odyssey uh, but it's a uh, really it's a real tearjerker as well. Hmm. It's about a like a hippie who maroons himself in space with the last forests on Earth. It's fun. Hmm. I, hmm. I like that era of sci-fi. The whole yeah. 2001 A Space Odyssey thing. Forbidden Planet. Let's go all over that. That terrified the fuck out of me as a kid. Oh, the black hole with that evil robot. That got me. Remember that movie? That was yeah. a Disney movie and it got me. <laughs> if I could live in in one of the like futuristic sci-fi sort of ideas it would probably be shadow run i'd be totally down <laughs> to exist run. in a shadow run world. Shadow run? yeah that's where not it, a like, pleasant place but like i could live with the fucking elves in the forest communing with nature and know that there's crazy cyberpunk shit happening in the cities <laughs> Oh, and that way i'd get the best of both i'd be like there's there's cr science went too far over there 
and I'm I'm over here. And if I remember right, in like the Shadowrun universe, um, Portland becomes like one of the elf hubs. So really, <laughs> I could just go back home. Of course it does. <laughs> I'm not sure if it isn't already one of the elf hubs at this point. God. Try our coffee. We make it here. Shame oh, homebrew. Portland elf hub. Indeed. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh my. This this is what happens when there's very little news. Uh, a couple of a couple of minor things. Rebellion are making Evil Genius two. Don't yeah, fuck this that. up. Don't fuck this up, please. Yeah, I remember. I remember buying that back in the day. Oh, you got all the genius. Yeah, I was sold on the idea. A rare yeah, idea. I, mean, a didn't need, idea. I didn't need a hype video. I didn't need to read a review. I was just sold on the idea by itself. I wanted to see how they how they did that. Yep, a dungeon keeper esque game with a secret island lair had quite a lot of problems, and then they made a stupid fucking Facebook version of it that was terrible. This is yeah. a full price release, not free to play, full game. Apparently, don't fuck it up, please. And they, was... and they specifically say it's not just a remake. Yes, they're full brand new game. Yep, they confirmed that. Uh, Nia Automata has sold like 500,000 units on PC and it has not been patched once in four months. Uh, and it still has problems for a lot of people. So maybe Square Enix and Platinum should get the fuck on that. Great game, but... But they needed to get out their DLC where you defeat all of the CEOs yes, first. Yes, that was the fucking priority. And the sexy outfits. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. According to the GTA forums, Open 4 is back in development, but Liberty City in GTA 5 is cancelled because it contradicts Rockstar's modding policy. So, what yeah. What? what? Wait, what? What G policy? Uh, their policy of we want money for shark cards and shit, so we're going to fuck you over mods, apparently, is their policy. Uh, that was announced an hour ago. Let's say Liberty City and GTA 5, which is exactly what it sounds like. They're trying to make Liberty City and GTA 5, is cancelled because it, quote, clearly contradicts the Rockstar modding policy. What exactly the Rockstar modding policy fucking is? Well, they have they released one a week or so, a week or so ago. It's not really a policy. It says RPC single player mods allowed. We believe in reasonable fan creativity. Take-Two has agreed it will not generally take legal action against third-party projects involving Rockstar PC games that are single-player, non-commercial, and respect the IP of third parties. This doesn't apply to multiplayer. This isn't a license, doesn't constitute an endorsement, approval, or anything fucking else, and we can basically sue you at any time. We're friendly! So, so the plan for that was... Um... Just to copy paste Liberty City from GTA 4 into the GTA 5 engine. Uh, I mean, I think they were sort of rebuilding it kind of from the ground up. Uh, right. I would imagine. Uh, they're not allowed to do that. Man. Fucking. Whatever. Rockstar. And... <laughs> oh, well. Back to yeah. making uh, titty mods for Skyrim. <laughs> yep. Beth <laughs> Beth no, but for real. Keep that Bethesda up. Bethesda might even. <laughs> Hire you and pay you development milestones for doing that now. Oh my god! It's yeah, like, it's like yeah, Bethesda's only modding. Uh, they're willing to pay us for modding, whereas Rockstar is f fucking threatening legal action against people who are fucking random. Yeah, all right, sure. Yeah, I think there's one okay, that I would it. obviously choose yeah. as better mm, than the yeah. other. <laughs> Which one? Hmm. 
God, mm. such a hard mm. fucking decision. Titty mods. Hmm, <laughs> titty mods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like the sound of that. Yep. I that's that's it, I think, pretty much. That's about it. July. Yay. July. Cool. Get to catch up on shit I've missed. That's fine. The sun's out. Everyone's having fun in this. Sun's out, out, bro. Yep. Want bro. to be out of here right now to do that. But we do have releases first. Uh, Jesse, you've got less Michael Myers and more mutually assured destruction on this list by the <laughs> looks of it. It has been wiped out in nuclear fire. Good Lord. There was like 100 games and now about 10. What the yeah. fuck? Uh, many you of them were... Uh, like you're a ball and you have to roll through this maze, okay. or like right. yeah, yeah, a lot of them are bad. So I yeah. um, got against you're a ball games. I played some great you're a ball games on the Commodore 64. There's only one good you're a ball game. It's called the ball. Ah, uh, similar. I though Marble Madness uh, qualifies too. I think so. Okay, uh, y'all ready? Super Monkey Ball maybe as well. Okay, there's actually quite a few you're a ball games that aren't too bad. All right, I can see the point. Y'all ready? Yee, sure. What are we going? Okay. For the 4th of July, yes. aka today, we have Metamorphose S, a okay. 2D action adventure game with RPG elements. Mm. Yeah, this game looks pretty flashy, like flash made, but, <laughs> but it okay. seems, yeah. I mean, it looks interesting. Like visually, there's a lot of cool enemies and things going on there. So if you can get over the fact that it looks like you're playing it on new grounds, it, yeah. it kind of has like cool enemies and, and I'm down with that. Yeah, I'm seeing an armored dinosaur. There's a big fish man right there. Main guy looks a little bit like the original Dante from Devil May Cry, but with blue hair. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, I could see that. Animations are a little jank, let's just say on it. New groundsy is the, is the proper answer. Yeah, yes. flashy. Okay. Animations flash. with the we'll emphasis flash. on anime. Indeed. Mm. All right, okay. Next up is Quantized. Quantized. It's like a VR music experience. What's going on? generated audio reactive. I was in. I want this so badly because it's going to be weird. Is this just a fucking Winamp visualizer for VR? I was about to say, like an audio visualization for VR. I think so. I think so. Well, if you really want to get a headache as fast as it's humanly possible, cue up some napalm death. Yeah. And stick this on. Absolutely. Um, the Sounds next great. game. Like if you really want to get out of having sex with your spouse. Napalm. This is it. This is Look, I, I refuse to believe that Napalm Death is anything other than an aphrodisiac at this point. <laughs> the next Force, game. Uh, Dragon Force. <laughs> now that. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Through the fire <laughs> and the flames. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. All right. Yes. The next game yes. is called That's You for PS4. Okay. Um, uh, that's and I would just like Steam, to say so the that? first review that I found of it is by a person named Sam Brooke, and I'm weirded out. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Jesse, what is this game? Because it looks it's weird not as on fuck. Steam, so what is it? Truthfully, I, 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 it's a PS4 game that I have no idea what it is. I, it looks okay. like a party game, and it, except it like, is using real use. It's using you in the party game. I literally have no clue. It just it's like a Jackbox game kind of. Right. But jump, still jump into a party game that is all about you. That's what I've got so far. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's sort of a kind of use your words, Jackbox as things. Yeah. It looks like they probably use the PlayStation camera. 
uh, and it's like fill in the blank kind of thing, which mm-hmm. are fun. Mm-hmm. On July 5th, we have speedrunners coming to PS4. Oh, finally. Um, That's been out yeah. on PC for a while now. Good game. On July 6th, we have Preta Vendetta Rising. All right, so this is an early access. It has a nice logo font. I'll give it that. It's what, a VR hack and slash? Wait a minute. What is a MORPG? Just multiplayer online RPG? I don't know. Maybe. Massively. Or just a massive online RPG. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there does seem what? to be like an, an M missing from that usual one. It's usually MMORPG. Mm. Why oh, is it's co op in... with three players, it says. Oh, so just a regular multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. This is a very strange choice for VR. It's in third person, behind the character, a bit spectacle fightery. Yeah. Why would you make this in VR? <laughs> yeah. What question that hangs over anything that isn't first person, I suppose. Yeah, uh, some people were making. I think it was um, when they showed Star Child at E3, and um, we had. I think Jeff Kanata come on the show and defend that and said, actually, I played and it was great. Mostly because play a 2D game that you can turn your head and see what would otherwise you would not be able to see is kind of actually quite neat. But this, I'm not seeing the benefit of it being in VR from that perspective. Hmm. This next game looks right up my fucking alley. That's why um, I picked it. It's called Baobab's Mausoleum, Episode 1. Avnifagos, don't eat flamingos. Um, was that a Mad Lib? It looks like a crazy horror-ish RPG. It says it's Monkey Island meets Zelda Link's Awakening meets Twin Peaks meets SpongeBob SquarePants. I was getting One of these pictures has a know. bunch of people hanging dead from a tree, so... <laughs> Yeah, there's a it's, giant monster this like looks out in the woods. It's crazy, terrifying, yeah. awesome. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And it, has it got this like retro TV effect going through the whole yeah. thing? Yeah, it's a CRT kind of. Uh, it's just the trailer, on. I think. Is there just like a plugin you can download now to stick a CRT style yeah, look on your much. game? Yeah, it's becoming somewhat overused to some extent. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up is Revenant Saga for Wii U. Um, Sap JRPG, if I call correctly. Yeah, and then after that is Kirby's Blowout Blast for 3DS. <laughs> what a fucking title. <laughs> oh, God. Um, we've got some ACA Neo Geo Metal Slug 2 for the Switch. Finally! Mm. Uh, there was a platform that didn't have Metal Slug on it, and now that has been resolved. Right, all fixed. Yeah. Basically, it's going to be a success now. I'm sure. Um. Toby, the secret mine for PS4. I called it a mine. Mine! Ooh, the art in this looks interesting. Puzzle platform inspired by Limbo and Badland. Oh, uh, right. Inspired is one way to put it. Uh, so, small child scary world game. Got uh, mm. Kinda, but you look like you're a monster of some sort, like a little monster. Bah. Doesn't so look. It's hol- so, it's Hollow Knight inspired as well. Yes, yeah. I. It. It's very inspired, honestly. Uh, it came out actually a couple of years ago on PC. I've obviously bought it now. It, it has mixed reviews, unfortunately. Oh, well. Next. Next up is Vaccine for Switch. Vaccine is that game that was on Steam for a while. Literally, it's co-op, and one of your friends gets sick, and so you have to like go through a 
creepy mansion to save them. Oh yeah, the random um, random house. Will you be able to uncover yeah. the mystery, save your friend, kind of thing? Switches it. Oh yeah, this is the one that looked like the first Resident Evil in its graphic yep. style, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I've been looking on the Switch store, and it's asking me to verify my age before it shows. Yeah, you. it made me verify my age too. That's interesting for a Nintendo platform game. Yeah, um, it, it looks very much like the first really, Resident Evil. It's, it really does. It yes. really does, which is kind of neat because that's not a style where you see a lot. Next up is Sheppy, Sheffy, S H E P H Y. It's mm. a game about sheep? Question cool. mark. Yeah, it's it's a single TV. player card game for cool. Switch. About sheep? So, yeah, about Good. sheep. About sheep? About sheep. Cool. Uh, no. Next up is. Heroes Never Die on July 7th. Yeah, um, this is out. Well, actually, it was supposed to be out on June the 1st. Uh, evidently not. Uh, it's it's a next-gen shooting game, whatever the fuck that means. It, I'm trying is it to... called that to get Overwatch players to give it a second look? Uh, maybe. I mean, the graphically it looks fairly impressive. Uh, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm just like, what is the gameplay? It has VR, because of course it does. Oh, right. here's the gameplay, and it it's just... A, it's an to... action-adventure game, which tells us a lot. Yeah, it just seems to be a behind-the-shoulder-kill-monsters thing. And then the oh. VR mode is, like, first-person, I guess? Question mark? Yeah. It was looking like... uh, What's that game that's like Thief or you're a goblin? <laughs> Oh, sticks. Yeah, it was giving me that sort of vibe with the orc and the thief-looking dude, but then there's a dude in a hockey mask with a chainsaw. Yep, and there's also John McCready, the cowboy, and a guy that clearly is fucking Legolas and stuff. Oh, there's the VR mode, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So the VR mode is first person with teleporting, basically. It's another VR early access shooter. Again, maybe stick to the ones that are finished. The next game is called Seabay, P-S-E-B-A-Y. It looks like Trials meets Limbo. Yeah, it kind of does. That's neat. Uh, there's also some weird gravity going on with it because a guy yeah. just wrote it in oh, the ceiling and the died. And stuff? That's cool. That's very limbo isn't it? Uh, yeah. Mm. In terms of look. Neat and interesting space. combination of the two. Could you imagine <laughs> just driving through limbo on a motorbike? Smash that fucking spider straight off. Yeah, fuck that spider. Goddamn terrifying bastard. Uh, Oh, for God's sake. The next game is called (laughs) Shit on Your Friends. That's what we do on every co-optional podcast, but we don't need a game for that. Please tell me this is not by the devs of fucking Poop in My Soup or whatever the hell it is. I'm more interested. I mean, it might be. It's on the list. Poop in My Soup. You know why it's on the list, because he left it in there. Yep, it is quite literally an arena game about shitting on your friends. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. The video games were a mistake. <laughs> Next is Radioactive on July 10th. I had to include one VR game. What do you mean one VR like, game? You've yeah, like five two. VR games. It's like shoot. I don't know. Great. Uh, probably play Arizona Sunshine rather than this. It is yet another early access. Huge VR world scavenger hunt survive. Yeah, I'm sure it will when you finish it in three fucking years. Uh, 
but play then, Arizona f- Sunshine because it's a better version of this, basically. And then the real game that we should be talking about is okay. the last one. Gorn. Gorn. It's a VR gladiator simulator. Do, do I, Boy, do I get to me. attack? Do, do as um, fucking Captain Kirk, do I get to double axe <laughs> handle a motherfucker? It looks like the answer to this might be yes. Yeah, uh, it's a Devolver yeah. game, so you know it's yeah. going to be... Yeah. Primo. A violent VR gladiator simulator made by the devs of Bro Horse and Genital Jousting? Okay. All right. I'm kind of in on this now. Can we talk about how during the clip, when he fights, he just gives the guy a middle finger before he gives the middle finger and then just punches him in the fucking face? That's amazing. This is what VR was built for. Yep. I'm just not sure there seems to be much to it, except there's one arena really. and two, one or two beefy. Oh, you just ripped off the guy's head! Yeah, and that, beyond the pretty cool trailer, you are very much right on that. The problem is, again, it's early access, which is, un- again, yeah. unfortunate. Uh, but right. It, the sense of humor certainly looks pretty cool. Yeah, just a bit tech demo-y at present. Yeah, it's all a lot of VR stuff is at the minute. Wow. Oh, that well. was that was the good stuff out of this. <laughs> I'm not me. joking. That was the good stuff. Oh no. That's it. The end. Yep. Uh, <laughs> basically, pick whatever you can up in the Steam sale and probably play that instead of any of those things. There was nothing on that list that I care about. Wow. Cool. Great. Show's over, everyone. Yeah, it That's pretty it. much is. Go home. We are actually shut it, done. Shut it down. Yep. Shut it down. We are done, but we would love to tell you what's coming up, where you can find us, all that good stuff. Yati, thank you very much for taking the time. Yeah. Once again, have you welcome? Always a pleasure. Very, very busy schedule to join us. You are busy on a lot of different projects right now. Tell us where to find you and what's going on. Well, I'm still making zero punctuation every week for the escapismagazine.com, as well as my other series, judging by the cover, every Friday. I've been streaming a lot more lately as well. I do the uh, I do a Wednesday stream at 11 a.m. Pacific after Zero Punctuation comes out of the game I reviewed that week with the other Escapist lads. And I've been streaming at the weekend with my girlfriend, mainly Dark Souls and games that she likes. Because the, I make her, I make her play Dark Souls stream? and then I have to let her play something she likes. Ah, yes. What's the, what's the URL for your stream? It's uh, twitch.tv slash escapistmagazine. Very cool. we use. Uh, what else? Well, you could buy my books as well. That you should, as yeah. we found out currently making my way through your latest one on Audible, as it turns out. Oh, yes. And how are you finding that one? That it, it is coming along quite nicely to the point where I recommended it. So, yeah. Right. Yes, it, I it remember. I should probably say what it's called. We'll save that the galaxy helps. for food. Indeed. Which is yep. out on Audible and ebook on Kindle and plain old print version if you're stuck in the 90s, you daddy yeah, Mogworld and Jam are on there as well, if I call correct. Yep. Yep. Also, ebooks not audible, but uh, we'll save the Galaxy of Foods, my most recent one. It's a sci fi satire. There you go. Oh, and Jesse, uh, my game, oh, The Consuming sorry. Shadows, is half price on the Steam sale at the moment. Awesome. So Jesse, check it out what's coming out on the channel this week? What's going on? Yo, uh, just more of the Final Fantasy 15 stuff I talked about, so you can see what that's all about. And, uh, just more fun. Sips and I are going to assassinate Hitler at some point this week, so get ready oh, for that. Oh, you're doing that DLC Great. for Sniper Elite 4. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a contest. First one, get their wins. Ah. So Shoot him in the balls. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's the, the whole point. Best Whoever part of that game. If no he doesn't doubt. get shot in the balls, we have to restart. That's the challenge. And so, then you have to sing the song. 
Shoot them in one testicle and then sing the song. You know the song. Uh, I refuse. Adolf Hitler's only got one ball. That's the one. The other one's hanging in the elbow hole. Yes. Farrakho Corelli. Yep. And his mother, <laughs> the dirty bugger, cut it off when he was small. Yes, he did. I, I got in trouble during electronics class at school. Happy Independence Day, everybody. Happy Independence Day, everyone. What could be more freedom-inspiring than that? Chopping off Hitler's balls. Dodger, what you got coming up this week? What's going on? Uh, finally getting back into YouTube stuff. Since um, being gone, we have lots to talk about from Anime Expo, so that'll be happening. Um, and then, yeah, just streaming. Um, going to be doing some more Final Fantasy XIV stuff. And uh, we have a shirt for sale. We have a new shirt for sale. If you guys would like to check it out, it's um, it's a good one. <laughs> you can find it at dex, D-E-X-B-O-N dot U-S slash Neandere. Good goofs, sorry, good goofs. Neandere. Yeah. Yeah. How would you Anime spell that? things, basically. N-Y-A-N-D-E-R-E. Like Yandere, but like uh, Nyan. It's a uh, cat Yandere. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Still don't get it. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, come watch my streams. We have fun. And watch this mean, again next what week. What are you eating right now? What? This? What is that? It's a, it's a red bean bun. Where did you get that? I got, I got it at 85 degrees. When did you get that? This morning. Why wasn't I getting that? <laughs> You could go get one. It's because you, you did this on purpose. Just, just you know, just to confirm, Jesse, just to let you know, and even I know this, your office is surrounded by like Chinese and Japanese supermarkets all fucking over the place. How have you not noticed? Hmm. <sighs> but I didn't think uh, it's a well, problem I have. That is a constant problem. Yep. Uh, as for me, uh, I do want to look at Andy Hero this week. Very happy to see that that is finally out. So, well, I have review code. Uh, when's the embargo on that fucking thing? I can't remember. That uh, soon, if not already. So that uh, there's otherwise like not a lot of good PC stuff kind of coming out at the moment. So I'll probably dig back and look for some other stuff. I may get around to doing that Dark Souls versus Bloodborne card game comparison video, where I dig you into should. I should. Uh, Why dig into mechanics? Uh, the last time I did a video digging into board game mechanics, people got really mad that John Cena wasn't in it, as in the actual John Cena as oh a God. co-commentator. Oh God. I John gotta Cena. know. John I Cena have to know. Right. John Cena got him. Oh. <laughs> you see, this I believe it was accused of being clickbait. Actually, as I recall correctly, um, at the time. Uh, I thought I'd come up with a ridiculously fucking pretentious title, uh, which uh, was Thematic Mechanical Abstraction featuring John Cena. Mm. The whole notion being, hey, you know, how do you translate uh, abstract thematic concepts into physical board game mechanics in a way that actually enhances and invokes the theme? which, weirdly enough, a fucking board game about WWE does better than almost every other board game. Uh, so I thought, hey, you know, just that's a kind of a funny title. People assumed that John Cena was actually co-hosting the video and got very upset that he wasn't. So I had to change the title to In a Card Game About John Cena. So thank you very much, Internet, for that. You ruined everything. I, so I should be careful with the title for my Dark Souls board game mechanics video, apparently. Oh my god, TB, I forgot to tell you. 
What? Yes. So, Total Biscuit sent Sam and I a big old haul of stuff um, as a wedding gift, and it was amazing. Yes, it was all terrible. He sent a yodeling bacon that didn't work, so then he proceeded to send us five more yodeling <laughs> bacons. <laughs> TB. They don't None, of them, work. None of them work. What? Not one of them. None of them like work. Batteries not included, or are they all the yodeling There are batteries in them, and they do not work. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> That's $55 of yodeling bacon. I know. Fuck. I don't know what to tell you, my dude. Tony just said 12 more yodeling bacon. <laughs> God damn it. All right. I, th I think they're all just busted. I think th right. I think it's, uh, it's a ruse. Okay, let's play name and shame the supplier. Who is sending us fucking fake yodeling bacon? Who is responsible for this shit? Spoiler, it's not even bacon, it's plastic. Of course it's plastic. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. expecting the yodeling bacon to be actual alive. Okay. Fuck JB <laughs> Superstore, the suppliers of all the yodeling bacon. It's return eligible through August the 2nd. Return that motherfucking yodeling bacon to those bastards. I will. I I'm going to return all of them. I don't think she will. <laughs> they still be in her office. Next time you're here, you're gonna go in her office. You're just gonna be fucking sitting there. I don't think she will. I, I do not. like the idea of hiding them places, but not if they're not gonna yodel. <sighs> Fuck. Buy batteries and put them in. This is disgusting. But there are batteries in them. That's put why it's new, confusing. Put in new None of them work. We interrupt this co-optional podcast to bring you a special and important announcement. As it turns out, Dodger is actually an idiot. Each of the six yodeling bacon sent is entirely fine, they just didn't have batteries in them. This is something that Dodger neglected to check, and JB Superstore is not in any way responsible for this stupidity. We would like to apologize to JB Superstore for the frankly slanderous accusations, and please feel free to politely remind Dodger the next time you see her that she needs to read boxes before doing things. Do you think I mean, that's I, a problem? Just all the batteries are busted? It's I possible. No Can one you has replace the batteries in those things? These are probably <laughs> run limited. They're all like corroded inside. Nobody just tested existed the yodeling so bacon. Long. These were not properly QA'd. Oh, no. God. I'm Meanwhile, really fucking bacon. sad now. <laughs> God damn it. Well, if you can't be cheered up by yodeling bacon, what is wrong with the world? Independence Day is ruined. Thank you very much for watching the Co-Optional Podcast, folks. Big thanks to the RTS, I guess, today. Thanks to Jesse and Dodger for the show, and thank you for you to uh, for you to watching. That's not a sentence, but I like it anyway. Thank We're going to be uploading. You too. Yeah, yeah, Bono. Yeah, it yeah. You know, the VOD will be on YouTube on Thursday for those who missed it. If you are a subscriber to the channel, you'll be able to watch the video basically right now, which is lovely. So you'll be able to catch up on that at any time for your convenience. We're done. Thank you very much again to our sponsor, Squarespace. Check out squarespace.com/co-optional for ten percent off your first order and your free trial go make a terrible website you know you want to we're done goodbye